York's talk station with the king of New York. Curtis Lewa, 77 WABC. Oh, yeah. from Florida, and I'm back crawling into the belly of the beast. What a mess it is here in New York City. And I got to take uh, take Bo Dominic Carter and Eric Adams to school. They have no idea what drill rap is. Huh? Uh, never heard of it. Huh? Uh, uh. Give me that music. Florida was so good. I know why so many people have escaped to Florida, why they're staying in Florida, why the exodus continues. Because it's paradise. It's freedom. It's no freaking mask. It's no social distancing. It's normal life in DeSantis land. What do we have back here? Oh, as Al Slim Shady Sharpton says, Hey, Eric, I can't even get my toothpaste in Dwayne Reed because it's all locked up. Paradise, Freedom Land, DeSantis Land, Florida. And I want to find out from all of you how soon before will be leaving. If it isn't Florida, maybe it's Georgia. Maybe it's North Carolina. Maybe it's South Carolina. Maybe it's Virginia. Maybe it's Tennessee. Maybe it's Texas. Maybe it's parts unknown. What a different way of life. Let me hear it. Let me hear it. Yeah. People were out on the beaches. People were partying. No freaking mask. Freedom. DeSantis land. No Murphy. No Holcomb. Freedom. 1-800-848-9222. That's 1-800-848-WABC. And I post it on all my social networking. You can go to my TikTok. I'm the only person who actually has uh, social networking on TikTok. And it's not because I support the Red Chinese. I don't. Uh, They're China as opposed to our China, Taiwan, a.k.a. Formosa. But I posted up the sign as I was being dragged, that's right, dragged to the tarmac to be put on that United Airlines flight back to Newark to got me here tonight from West Palm Beach, Florida's airport. And I asked the question, should I stay in Florida or should I go back to New York? People were actually saying to me, Curtis, I'm from Bensonhurst. 
I'm from Breezy Point. Uh, I'm from Rye. I'm in Florida now. Come on down. It reminded me of Jackie Gleason and the June Taylor Dancers and Ed Norton in the 60s as they would do their cabaret show on Saturday nights at CBS. And at the end of it saying, come on down to Miami Beach. And they did in the 60s. A lot of my relatives. And they stayed there. And some people got a secondary house. But that secondary house has become a primary house. And I could completely understand it. So I'd like to open up our discussion because we go to 6 o'clock in the morning. With all of you who may have been snowbirds, snowballs, snowflakes, whatever term you want to refer to yourself, who are now seriously thinking of putting up that for sale sign, rolling up the carpet, your Kaufman carpet, and saying adios to the greater New York area, whether you live in Connecticut, New York, New, New Jersey, Pennsylvania, wherever you're listening to the 50,000 powerful watts of sound. And remember, this time of night, in the wee hours of the morning, we're heard in 38 states and parts of Canada, little sliver of Europe, and many a sailor going down to Davy Jones's locker in the Bermuda Triangle between the Bahamas and Bermuda, where actually um, Cousin Brucey had his first radio gig. Uh, were remembered commenting that they had just been listening to that mangalooch, that mamaluk, Frank Morano on the other side of midnight. You can hear him doing the other side of midnight, Monday through Fridays from 1 to 5. Whereas I do the other side of midnight, Saturday morning from 1 to 6, and then Sunday morning from 12 midnight to 6. Our number is one 800 that's 1-800-848-WABC. And boy, did I make the rounds in southern Florida. I was in Liberty City, Overtown, the bad parts uh, of Miami, but also through the good parts. Then through Fort Lauderdale, Dade County, uh, and Broward County, through Sistrunk, and then spent the bulk of my time in Palm Beach County, West Palm Beach. Then the one square mile area of Lake Worth. Then my favorite, Riviera Beach, Avenue S. Man, that's where that's where you can throw some blows. Right on out to Singer Island. And all along Palm Beach itself, Mar-a-Lago and all those other locations. Some of you may have been listening. And I did a show with my Gumbada Chich, Rudy Giuliani, from his house, from his bathroom. My God, his bathroom in Palm Beach County and their home that he shares with Dr. Maria Ryan is bigger than my 387-square-foot apartment that I share with my wife, Nancy, and our 16 rescue cats on the Upper West Side. Boy, that was a, that was a first, doing a radio show in a bathroom. And then I was there to strategize about Andrew uh, Giuliani's campaign to become the next governor of the state of New York. That's what I'm supporting. He and the Republican primary against uh, Congressman Lee Zeldin from... Uh, Suffolk County, Bob Astorino, the former Westchester County executive, and uh, what's expected to be the entrance of Harry Wilson, although he's Greek. You never know that. I, I wonder what is. Uh, is anybody out there? Let's see if you know this trivia question. Let's start it out. Harry Wilson, who ran for controller of the state of New York and did real good against Annapoli in the last election cycle. What is his Greek name? How the hell did he change his Greek name? To Harry Wilson? 
I mean, could you get any more waspy than that? 1-800-848-9222. That's 1-800-848-WABC. Let's go to John, who's calling from uh, the Bronx. Your turn to be heard here at WABC. Johnny? Good morning, Curtis. Curtis, you should have stayed down there in Florida because it's a very handsome state. But when you're down there, it's an extremely handsome state. Oh. <laughs> where, did you, where did you come up with that terminology, handsome? It's a handsome state. By looking at the poster uh, of you, you know, oh. I mean, you're 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 a handsome guy. Oh, oh, hey, I mean, hey, hey, John, you sound like you're snacking on me in the uh, wee hours of the morning here. You, you, you didn't get enough action on your end of the parameter. No, I'm not like Graham Nash. He's 80 years old and he's snacking on a 35 year old woman right now. So I'm not like him at all. Uh, I was, but you're a bit of a heavy breather. You know that. Yeah, yeah. Well, what, I, what, I what, what is the what, what is the result of you being a heavy breather? Is it uh, asthma? Uh, is it uh, bronchitis? Or is it just you're like you're so excited you're like ah. you like to breathe into the phone you speak in? I was thinking about that Gloria Estefan record that you played. Oh, well, the let's... victim is going to get you. That 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 really turns me on, man. Oh, wait a second. Wait, wait really a second. Does. Wait a second. Then there's the other Gloria Estefan uh, song here. Get on your feet. Let me hear that one, Maestro. Cue that up. Yeah, yeah. This is the Miami sound. This is the Florida sound. This is where everybody is heading to, and now I know why. It's paradise. It's Freedom Land! Pump it up, Gloria! Oh, what a great song, huh? You see, John, back-to-back, belly-to-belly, you heavy breather. Oh, man. And you know what? You know, another record that you could play... And bringing up this theme about whether or not you should stay or go, you could play a Clash record, the record that's that, that where they say, "Should I stay or should I go?" No, no, that's classic. Uh, are you aware? Are you aware, John, that the Clash wrote a song dedicated to me and the Guardian Angels? No, I'm not. Tell me that story. Ah, well, John, uh, you get wolf tickets because you don't know what that song is as a Clash fan. Uh, although, Comrade Bill de Blasio, the part-time mayor, the dope from Park Slope, thank God he's no longer mayor. I just wish he would move. Now he wants to run against Nicole Maliotakis over my dead body as they've cut a district out for him that favors him by adding on Park Slope with all of his uh, freakazoid followers. Guanas, Hipster Millennialville, and Sunset Park. But anyway, he claims The Clash was his favorite uh, musical group. And even Comrade Bill de Blasio didn't know that they wrote a song dedicated to me and the Guardian Angels. And Sunday is our 43rd anniversary. Sunday, 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 February 13th. That's right, Super Bowl day. But it's also the anniversary of the Guardian Angels, 43rd anniversary of when I first took the patrols out on the number four train, the Muggers Express, up in the Bronx. 
as a night manager of Mickey D's. Ah, you see, you see, you learned something. But what was the name of the song that The Clash wrote that was dedicated to me and the Guardian Angels? 1-800-848-9222. That's 1-800-848-WABC. I understand uh, the listeners are a little stangad, a little slow, you know, Frank Morano style. He doesn't believe in trivia. Uh, he, he just thinks, oh, I got to interview guests. Boring guests. Guests that put you to sleep. I, I don't do guests. This is stream of consciousness. I just went to Florida. What guest is better going to be able to tell you what's going on in Florida than Curtis Lee, who just spent four days there and visited my Cumbadicic Rudy Giuliani in his bathroom to do a broadcast back to all of you. I mean, that was a first. And by the way, Eric Adams, we'll talk about him later on. You would have thought he would have called Rudy by now to find out what to do about the crime problem. Huh, Eric? Not Andrew Evilized Cuomo sitting down with him at that Crook's restaurant that you eat in in the theater district on 52nd, that Italian restaurant where you stay at his house in Trump World Tower? Yeah, I know all about it. I know all about it, Eric. You leave your tracks with your Ferragamos and your customized suits. You know, street dude. Doesn't even know what drill rap is. You ever hear Pop Smoke? 2019? Killed in Los Angeles. They got a mural of him on 91st Street. Make that 81st Street, Flatlands Avenue in Canarsie. All blue. What do you think that means, Eric and Dominic Carter? Means he's a blood? No. A crip. Who's Jew Rep? Never heard of Jew Rep before. Started in Chicago in 2010. It's over in the UK and it's big in Brooklyn. Our number is 1 800 848 Let's go to Don. Oh, calling from Florida. Where in Florida, Don? Uh, the beautiful city of Bradenton, right next to Sarasota. Oh, wow. So you're on the West Coast. Yes, and I want to tell you something. I left Queens, I left upstate New York. And right here, like you say, freedom. I've been here eight months. I don't wear masks. Nobody tells me to wear a mask. Nobody tells me how many people could sit in this restaurant. Nobody tells me to stand six feet apart from anybody. It's freedom. It is, Don. And it's paradise. And the quality of life is there. On Christmas, it was 75 degrees. We've got beautiful weather. And we got the best governor in the United States here. Well, there is there is no problem at all coming to Florida, and you'd be surprised how many people from New York, from New Jersey, from Connecticut, just in my development alone. Oh, there's no doubt, and they're flocking down there. Everywhere I went, people stopped me and say, hey, Curtis, you coming to move down here with the rest of us? Uh, and then they're telling me their neighborhoods, what parish they belong to, uh, what high school they went to, because they know all the questions that I typically ask. But I got to tell you this, Don, uh, there's no doubt DeSantis is doing a great job. And you know who's running against him as a Democrat? Yeah, yes. Some woman that's like the agriculture secretary or something? No, Charlie Crist, who's been like uh, governor who's run for like six times. uh, And he he uses man tan, you know, the tan out of a can. He he looks orange uh, (laughs) uh, at night. Uh, You don't know what his sexuality is. He's an enigma. Uh, he's a Democrat. He's been a Republican, but he's constantly running for office, and he raises a lot of money. And some people think well, he could beat DeSantis. What what would disgraziata that would be? 
DeSantis is extremely popular, well-liked. Uh, I got to tell you, I got to tell you my high school before I let you go. I went to school in Queens. I went to Grover Cleveland High School. Oh, right on the border of Brooklyn and Queens. Yep. And I, and I grew up right on the border with uh, Bushwick or Bushwick High School. I was on like Cypress Avenue there. By Halsey Street, the the train station. Well, you're lucky you didn't go to Bushwick High School because you might have ended up doing time in a Florida penitentiary. <laughs> hey, now, now what 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 made Don, What made you decide to choose the West Coast of Florida instead of where most uh, of the Northeast uh, snowbirds well, go, uh, the East Coast? Uh, I, you know, I can tell you this during hurricane season. It's a hell of a lot better to be on this side than the other side, and that, and that and that was really one of the little things I thought about. But you know what? You come here, no state tax, no city tax. You get to keep your 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 uh, uh, you know more pay. Uh, you go to buy gasoline. You don't have the state tax there, or anything. so it's so much more friendly instead of the the unions here, unions there, everything. You know, it, it's just. It's great, but I just want to tell you, I've appreciated what you've done for America and for Americans and for New Yorkers, and it is a pleasure to have connected with you, and I enjoy you. I work nights. I have you on all night long. You keep me going, keep me awake, and it's just such an honor to talk to you. You have a good night. Well, thank you. Uh, Don, uh, um, let me guess. Should I I move to Florida? Should I move uh, Nancy and my 16 to rescue cats to Florida? No, New York needs you. You're right, and plus the gators that are everywhere in the canals might actually come Wherever up and there's snatch. Water, there's a gator. That's right, might snatch some of my kitties. So you're right, but I'm telling you, you live in paradise. Other people have followed in your footsteps down there. When you're down in Florida and you compare it to the hellhole that New York City is now, you say, oh, my God, what a disparity. Why is it so good down there and so bad here? And now, now you understand why so many people are moving down there. The exodus continues. And it's only going to get worse and worse here. First five weeks of Eric Adams has been a disaster. Ladies and gentlemen, give me an idea. Where are you thinking of moving if you haven't already moved, if you don't have a secondary home? It may not be Florida. maybe Georgia. Second most popular destination is North Carolina. Could be South Carolina, could be Virginia, could be Texas, Tennessee, or parts unknown. You tell me, 1-800-848-9222. That's 1-800-848-WABC. Let's go to Kenny, who's calling from Boomfield, New Jersey. Your turn to be heard here at WABC, Kenny. Mr. Sliwa, my man. I know what Clash song you're talking about. All right, so let me rephrase it. Uh, the Clash has actually, in the past, written a song dedicated to me and the Guardian Angels. What is the name of it, Kenny? Who Shot the Shot? Red Angel Dragnet. That's correct. Red Angel Dragnet. But I thought you were going to say Who Shot the Sheriff by Eric Clapton. No, no, but ah. not the, the lyric. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> uh, The Clash. I mean, I wonder what surviving members of The Clash are still alive. I wonder if, like, Eric Clapton, right, but I wonder if, like, Eric Clapton and Van Morrison, they're anti-vaxxers, or, like, Neil Young and Joni Mitchell, they're pro-vaxxers. We really haven't heard them comment on that, have we? 
No. Yeah, you know they count a culture. So I got to believe they're not pro-vax. I, I got to, if you count a culture, you can't be. Uh, I don't know, man. I think a lot of people are. Yeah, you're right. Boy, how times change. You get older. And from being counterculture when you're younger, all of a sudden you're mainstream. Fauci, you're my God. Hey, give me give me, give me, me another jab in my tuchus. Give me my booster shots in my left cheek, my right cheek. Please, more boosters, please. I doubt the class would have Fauci at the Bond Street. Yeah. yeah, no, no, no. Good, 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 good. Kenny nailed that. Nobody has yet nailed. What is the actual Greek name of Harry Wilson, who ran for controller of the state of New York as a Republican, almost beat the Napoli. Now wants to run on the Republican line as the governor of the state of New York against uh, hokum, which means nonsense. What is his uh, real Greek name? And why did he change it to such a waspy name like Harry Wilson? Our number is 1-800-848-9222. That's 1-800-848-WABC. Let's go to Norman in Canarsie. Your turn to be heard here at WABC, Norman. Uh, greetings from the last Jew from Canarsie, uh, Curtis. Uh, I, have, have, I have a dumpster uh, coming in a few days. I'm starting to throw things out of my impacted uh, 58-year-old uh, living here, more than 58-year house. And uh, I am going to Florida in March to start the process of getting the hell out of this prison. Wow. Uh, which, which part of, which part of uh, Florida, Norman? I got a friend who lives in Boynton Beach, so I'm going to go visit him. I don't know nothing. I have no relatives. It's funny. I don't have relatives, but I know I can't stay here. That's the other thing. I'm not, I don't know exactly where, but it's going to be in that state. Well, Norman. Norman, it's interesting because uh, Dominic, who was on before me, would say, what's drill rap? And then uh, earlier in the day, Eric Adams, I had no idea what drill rap is. My son had to tell me. Meantime, drill rap originated on the Brooklyn part of it right there in Canarsie with Pop Smoke. Yeah, I know. They're, I can see that they're, they're doing graffiti all over. What was was it? Dances? You yeah. know the supermarket. Yeah, they got the yeah they got the yeah they got the thing to George Floyd. They got the other all these all these destructive things. Yes, I see that all over Canarsie. Canarsie has become uh, what's uh, you want to see what's wrong with the city? Come to my little neighborhood. Well, look, uh, just just the other week, uh, not far from uh, original pizzeria, the best place, right, right there on. Avenue L. On 96th and Avenue L, T. Wu. Now, I know that doesn't resonate with any of you. T. Wu got shot in the head right in front of his house. He's mm-hmm. another, he's another drill rapper. And Eric Adams, who had been the Brooklyn Borough president, has no freaking street smarts. This guy, I'm telling you, when you wear Ferragamos and customized suits, you're not a street guy. You're not a street. Hey, what's drill rap? I want to ban it. How the hell are you going to ban? How are you going to ban drill rap? Here you got Snoop Dogg going to perform in the halftime of the Super Bowl show who did a drive-by shooting as a crypt in Los Angeles and got away with it. Yeah. Madonna, my. I gotta, I, I gotta, I know, you know what I gotta do, Norman? I gotta have a class, you know, for guys like Eric Adams and Dominic Carter who claim they're street smart. And I gotta, the white guys gotta tell them what's going on in the streets. Isn't this a sad state of affairs, Norman? Oh, 
I don't know. I don't know about that, but I know I know one thing. Today I was at this big mandate rally, and uh, old Eric Adams won't come out. You know, it's amazing. We got all these, you know, hundreds and hundreds of people there, and you know, he he won't come out. He well, won't come three, out. Three three thousand, he said, are going to be executed, meaning fired. That's it. The stay of execution right. is over. So three thousand civil servants. Uh, many of them health workers who were heroes. Remember when the uh, yes. COVID first hit and they were crawling into the belly of the beast. No N95 masks, no right. PPE, no nothing. Many of them getting sick, right. many of them dying, many of them bringing coronavirus back to their homes. And yet they showed up for work each and every day. And we would uh, at seven o'clock at night, let's not forget, uh, we would give standing ovations at seven o'clock. Uh, to all the essential workers, whether they were cops, firefighters, uh, health workers, doctors, nurses, orderlies, uh, we'd, we'd clap, we'd bang pots and pens. Right. Now they get fired. I, I, you go, how do you go from a hero to a zero, Norman? How do you go from a freaking hero in the middle of the pandemic where people were terrified and now all of a sudden you're a zero because you won't get a vax? Because these globalist, lunatic, communist Democrats are in power. All right, now hold on a second. Wait, wait, that was a lot of adjectives. So globalist, lunatic, communist. That's that's, that's a mouthful uh, of that. And again, where are you going down to Florida to visit your friend? Yes. Oh, where? It's a place called Boynton Beach. Boynton I have Beach. no idea where the hell. No, no. Boynton Beach. Okay. No. I don't know where it is. Good. <laughs> Good. Good. I hope you enjoy it. And if you enjoy it, Thank you. look, life should be about what's a better quality of life, not uh, surviving in the rat race. So enjoy yourself, no man. 1-800-848-9222. That's 1-800-848-WABC. Wow. Florida was magnificent. Unbelievable. Hey, they still have a death penalty. That's right. We don't have one here in New York State. Uh, that guy, remember, who killed the two cops, Rivera and Mora? Well, he basically uh, ended up getting the death penalty from the third cop. Uh, but we don't have a death penalty. In Florida, on occasion, they utilize a death penalty. While I was down there, the Florida State Supreme Court in uh, uh, Tallahassee, the state capital, Uh, actually said that Marlon Joseph could be executed in Stark, which is the same facility up in the north where other executions have occurred of murderers for killing a mother and 11-year-old girl. So on occasion they use it, not as often as they used to. Uh, Who is the most infamous serial killer of all time who was executed in Stark State Penitentiary in northern Florida? Our guardian angels were actually out there saying, put the juice in his caboose. We were encouraging them as the holy rollers were on the other side saying, you know, they're pro-life, so they don't believe in the death penalty under any circumstance. Who was that person? Come on. I know some of you out there, you're scratching your head. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Didn't didn't they make a made-for-TV movie uh, out of this guy? They made a lot of movies out of this guy in documentaries. Serial killer extraordinaire. Also could have been a model. Well, that's enough of a hint, right? 1-800-848-9222. Let's go to Daniel uh, calling from Queens. Your turn to be heard here at WABC, Daniel. 
Greetings. Hey, hey, I like the show, and, and I like how you asked about Escape from New York City. And, and I was going to ask what you thought about, you know, other Northeast cities and towns in Connecticut and in Rhode Island and stuff. And also, I remember in the 90s, I used to take the T in Boston. That's what they call their train system. Yep. I remember there was a small guardian angel presence in the very early 90s, so... I know you have tons of history about that. And I was just- oh, yeah. No, no, I remember I came into Boston uh, to set up the Guardian Angels there on the uh, Orange Line, Dorchester. Then there was uh, Roxbury, Mattapan, Jamaica Plain, uh, the T. You know, obviously, it's uh, not like uh, the New York City subway system. It's uh, pretty much a light rail system, but there are quite a few uh, rough neighborhoods. Southie, that's where... Uh, the poor and the lower middle class uh, Irish live. Uh, so I spent a lot of time there in Boston, and the uh, Boston officials didn't like us there, always threatened to arrest me. Uh, but, yeah, I spent a lot of time there, and that, that area has changed quite a bit. A lot of it's been gentrified. So what used to be predominantly really tough neighborhoods? Uh, the hipsters and millennials have moved in, Daniel. That's right. Yeah, they have like a Broadway, just like Manhattan and Queens and Brooklyn all have Broadways. And um, this but, is this uh, is the yeah, problem. This, this is the problem with Boston, though, Daniel, because all of the uh, universities and colleges are there uh, that a lot of our young people go to. They leave the uh, surrounding area of New York City. They might have grown up in a Yankee fan a family or a Met family. And then all of a sudden, they go to the gin mills up in Boston. They get drunk as a skunk, and <laughs> and they convert and they become Boston Red Sox fans, who I hate, I loathe, I despise. And then they come back and they repopulate in our areas, Daniel. Now it's all about the craft beer up there. There's like every town and city has like a couple different breweries. Oh, I, I know what I wanted to ask too. In Florida, is there is it any is there any opportunity for a walk like you know in new york you can walk and not own a car but is that even <laughs> work well, do, you, well, do you take, take yeah, taxis around yeah, or yeah, yeah, just, yeah, don't even think that i mean look they have uber they have other app systems but if you're going to live in florida you better have a set of wheels even if it's a, a demolition derby reject one thing i will tell you they have more car washes per square inch than any other state in America, not just the old-fashioned car washes, but uh, these uh, environmentally friendly now car washes, because that's where the hipsters and millennials go. And I've never seen a state that had so many clean cars. It's almost like a rite of passage. Everybody brings their car uh, to a car wash on Saturday or Monday. And uh, today when I was on I-95 going back and forth from Jupiter, Riviera Beach, uh, uh, up to Palm Beach County, uh, down to Miami, all I saw were clean cars. I didn't see any, uh, you know, like you'll be in a a town or a city and you'll see a a car or a pickup truck that looked like it survived in a dust storm. You don't see that in Florida. You don't. Nice. nice. How's the pothole scene down there? No potholes. No potholes. Hmm. Hmm. I mean, uh, the asphalt uh, has been uh, uh, smoothed. Uh, You know, uh, they don't have many sidewalks in some areas. You know, it's not like uh, it's urbanized. But I'm telling you, even people who have a small house, uh, it's their own little little, uh, uh, home of their own. 
And I can understand why people love Florida. I really can now. And it rains at least once a day in southern Florida. At least once a day, it comes over your head and it spritzes on you. And you think, oh, my God, here it comes. It's probably going to be a hurricane. And then as soon as it comes by, it rolls out because it's it's still a tropical area, even with all the development, Daniel. That's right, and the spring training's down there. So if you're into baseball, you could probably see all the favorite teams for like one-fourth of the price, you know? Yeah, yeah, no, no, no. And uh, let's face it, pitchers and catchers may eventually be reporting this spring training, although there's a lockout right now. Can you imagine this? A millionaire uh, baseball players are being locked out by billionaire owners. Wow, that's that's a big struggle, isn't it? But generally, pitchers... No. Pitchers and catchers show up in February. Port St. Lucie is uh, the place for the New York Mets. Uh, And then uh, you have Tampa, obviously. They have the big Yankee compound in Tampa where George Steinbrenner used to have his shipping company that went bust, went Chapter 11, uh, and then established. He moved the uh, uh, spring training facilities of the Yankees from Fort Lauderdale, which is, I remember where I first saw them, Mickey Mantle, Roger Marish, Bobby Richardson, Elston Howe, oh, it was great, uh, to that Tampa complex, which nice. is, like, endless. Nice, nice. Well, you got to think about All it. Right. I'm telling you, uh, in fact, we, we called my trip. Uh, the movie Escape from New York featured Kurt Russell. Uh, the, the remake of the movie Escape from New York Now may well star Curtis Slewa. That. I look for a pre-order a seat ticket. You got it. 1-800-848-9222. That's 1-800-848-WABC. Let's go to Sherry in my hometown at Canarsie, uh, better known as Pop Smoke Area. We don't know what drill rap is, Eric Adams. So my, my, my son had to tell me. Dominic Carter, oh, I never heard of that. People. Come on. It started in Brooklyn here, Chicago first, 2011. They even had it in London before they had it in Brooklyn. Man, I got to educate the brothers. This is a worry, a weird reversal of roles. And why I should have been mayor, because I know the streets. Eric Adams knows the sweets. Let's go to Sherry. Uh, your turn to be heard here at WABC, Sherry. Bonjour, Curtis. I'm calling because... On the 19th of September, I became a zero in your favorite hospital on Linden Boulevard. Oh, you mean Brookdale? I didn't call out any names. You did. Oh, well, look, I've been, I got, I got to tell a story about Brookdale. I fell off a scaffold in the back of the AMP that I was the key man at night for uh, while uh, – uh, hoisting up a whole uh, uh, carton container of Scott tissue paper, f- uh, 50,000 sheets long. I broke my wrist, and my crew, which was all the age of my dad or over, hardcore union guys, didn't like me. Uh, wouldn't even come to the back of the warehouse to scrape me off the asphalt to take me to the hospital. Uh, they just turned their radios up in the aisle. Yeah, they all listen to talk radio, and many of them listen to uh, Top 40. Uh, and then they scraped me up, took me to Brookdale. People had been shot, stabbed, waiting to get uh, taken care of by doctors. And then I got took care of by a Dr. Khan who ended up putting a plaster of Paris cast on my good arm, not the arm that had swollen up to be like a whale. 
got I, you good. Right. And I woke up and I said, hey, doc, what are you doing? He goes, oh, I've been on 36 straight hours. Remember how they used to have doctors work like 36 uh-huh. straight hours? Uh-huh. Oh, boy. So uh, I'm assuming it's Brookdale, but I'm not going to say it's Brookdale. So what is your plight? What, what situation are you in, Sherry? Nothing. I'm still having fun. I'm enjoying it. I'm planning to move to Florida, Freedom, Florida, actually. Yeah, that's a good name, Freedom, Florida. That's right. As an ED nurse for Mm. 32 years. They need them down there. There's a big demand for professional nursing. And uh, what island are you originally from? IET. Oh. (laughs) Whoop, whoop, whoop. I wish I could go back home. Curtis, we need you down there. We need you. Now, did you say TNT? IET. What is that? Haiti. 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 Oh, Port-au-Prince. I've been to Port-au-Prince. Wow. Corruption reigns there. I'm from the countryside. Uh, Which town? St. Mark. Okay. All right. I I spent time only in Port-au-Prince right after the uh, earthquake uh, when people were out there living in the streets. But I got to tell you, in a lot of those places, they had gangs. And they made they made the women shower outdoors, you know, because they'd set up a shower. Women had to shower outdoors, and these pervs would be all over them. So we were there. We were there basically to knock out the pervs, and then they'd have like two porter sands, or they'd be constantly overflowing for like an encampment of four hundred. So I said, why don't you just go back to doing what you used to do? Dig the latrines and then put lime in it. Oh no no no, that's too primitive. I said, instead, you have two porter sands for 400 people. How ridiculous is that? Hmm. So you're thinking of going to Florida. Do you have a location in mind in Florida, Sherry? Uh, I'm thinking Tampa. Tampa. Okay, Tampa, St. Petersburg. A lot of New Yorkers down in that area. Mm-hmm. Well, you, Naples. You, you, uh, Naples. Uh, that's a, uh, gorgeous. Gorgeous down yeah. in Naples. Uh, Look, the whole place is paradise. It's freedom land. Even up north where they got uh, cows grazing. Even there you can't even get any houses. They're going so fast. I would suggest you do this, Sherry. Before you decide to move there permanently, go down for a visit and visit these areas. Curtis? Yes. Freedom is good anywhere. That's true. That's true. And I hope, I hope... That they no longer consider you a zero after you are a hero healthcare worker at the start of the uh, pandemic and the lockdown. Wow, three thousand of our fellow residents who did not get vaxxed are going to be fired. Think of that. Why not just test them? Want to test them once a week, twice a week? Why do we have to fire these people, many of whom were heroes? When others would not go to work, they went to work. They crawled into the belly of the beast. They were in the uh, ERs. They were in the ICUs. They were at death's door. Anyway, let's go to Michael, who's calling from the Upper East Side. Your turn to be heard here at WABC. Michael. Curtis, I don't care how you feel, number one. Number two, I have not heard you mention the new name for Bragg, which I gave you. Braggadocio. It's a tough one for me to pronounce. It's multisyllabic, a little, a little beyond my ability. Hold, hold you loose. All you got to do is hold the loose 
tooth and you can do it. That's first. right. How did you know my tooth was loose again? Come on, is the sky blue? <laughs> no, uh, no, Pop Smoke's mural in Canarsie is blue because he's a crip. That's drill just, rap. Just remember, uh, don't spend a huge amount of money on a dentist. You know why? Why? Because we both know you can't afford it. <laughs> He's going to sue you, and you can't pay. And you know what's going to happen to you? You're going to become an indentured slave. Hmm. That's right. Uh, in fact, lawyers are universally known, Michael, for practicing their martial art, I sue. <laughs> but I said indentured slave. Now, wait a second. Isn't that indentured servant? Well, yeah, but uh, that was one of my famous puns. But you brought up you brought up a sore point, Mm. okay? That I had forgotten about that damn pots and pans banging every damn stinking night up here on the east side. These idiots, exactly. I think it was six o'clock would start. Banging the pots and pans. Yeah, we're proud of our first responders. You know what I would do? If I saw a second floor window, someone banging pots and pans, I'd take my Brillo pads and throw it at them. Oh, now, was it your uh, Brillo pads or just steel wool pads? No, I could afford the Brillo. Oh, excuse me. And you know what? When I had my Brillo pads, you know what I used to do? I would scour the neighborhood for these idiots. I called them putzes with pans. Putzes with I pans. Yeah. So you uh, you wanted to implement what Rudy Giuliani would have uh, done, noise abatement. Yes. Ooh. I couldn't stand it. And then there was one stupid doorman that would blow his, I don't know what he had, a coronet or something. Oh, my God. I don't know how long that lasted. It must have been six months at least. Oh, God, I was so happy when that <laughs> when that stopped. Wow, you uh, are a real curmudgeon. Uh, the original curmudgeon. Yeah, no, no, you sound that. I'm telling you. Wow. So you you didn't like the way they saluted those heroes. Salute. Fine. Bring your arm up to your forehead. Salute them. Give them money. But what does pots and pans do? What does pots and pans have to do with a nurse, a fireman, a policeman? Huh? What? You know, it's making noise. Like New Year's, some people will pull out pots and pans and start beating that or shooting guns up in the air like they just don't care. Uh, But they were like clapping seals, Mm. you know? Mm. But um, and remember the important thing, Curtis, yes. for your own sake. Yes. Don't ever covet COVID. Don't ever covet COVID. That's alliteration. COVID. Boy, this guy really intellectually strains my brain. I feel like I'm in the college bowl here. Anyway, let's go to Gary and Inwood. Your turn to be heard here at WABC, Gary. Good morning, Curtis. I'll go straight to the point on the serial killer question you had. Yes. I believe Theodore Ted Bundy. 
Yes, Theodore Ted Bundy could have been a model. Uh, killed many, many women. Ended up being uh, electrocuted at Stark uh, Penitentiary, Florida State Penitentiary of the North. And uh, I was proud to see our guardian angels from Florida out there, led by Paul Martinelli, uh, who actually created a facsimile of an electric chair. Uh, as he sat in it, and the guardian angels pretended that they were putting the juice in Ted Bundy's caboose. See that? I'm telling you. He got it. He got it. <laughs> Thank you, Curtis. Pleasure you, talking. You got it. He always nails these questions, Gary and Inwood. He, he's the best. He is the absolute best. one 800 Let's go to Wayne, who's calling all the way from Ontario, where a judge has said, stop blocking that friendship bridge from Detroit into Windsor. Am I correct on that, Wayne? Exactly. And the biggest problem is that he uh, he is a prime minister, Trudeau, there, there. The uh, fancy boys with the fancy boy with the uh, light shoes there. He um, he should have already understood that essential services have to be uh, met, you know. Here in Canada. Absolutely. Uh, and and this is this is backfiring on Trudeau. I mean, he's called them uh, ma- uh he's called them misogynists, uh, sexist, uh, racist, clansmen, uh, neo-Nazis. It has it just hasn't worked. It hasn't worked. You should start using the steel wool to plug up all the holes that he's creating there. <laughs> um. Now, and the other one, yes. there was another uh, person that was executed by lethal injection on October 9th, 2002, and that was Aileen Warnos. Hmm. She, was, she was an adopted girl that had murdered seven people uh, throughout Florida, all the way from the north, Perry, through to Jacksonville. Uh, in one year, she murdered seven people. A retired Air Force major was was killed by her. Wow, you know uh, the other the other thing, Wayne. I met many of your lawnsmen, your countrymen uh, down in Hollywood, Florida, where they fly the Canadian flags, the maple leaves high in the sky, and they've uh, taken over all the uh, courts uh, where uh, the senior citizens play shuffleboard. The Canadians are the champions with that. I see, and really, I think what the prime minister should take up is paragliding down in those areas uh. <laughs> in shark infested waters anyway uh he mentioned something that i had forgotten what was the competitor to the brillo pads what was the competitor to the brillo pads if you remember with the cleansers you had ajax and comet ajax was blue comet was in the green can what was the competitor to the brillo pads one eight hundred eight four eight nine two two two. That's one eight hundred eight four eight WABC. Check this out. No one knows New York better. The founder of the Guardian Angels, Curtis Lewa. And you can't compete against that. On seventy seven WABC. Oh, the 
Miami Sound Machine with Gloria Estefan. Is there anything more Florida than this? Of course not. Let's pump it up here, Izzy. South Beach with all the Euro trash, and they're raising the roof into the wee hours of the morning. And they're buying those bottles of champagne at a thousand, two thousand dollars a throw. But oh, what a quality of life there! So much better than here. Uh, if you look at my TikTok and my other social network, got to look at the TikTok, it blows up all the time. I asked the question, should I have stayed or should I have come back? 60% of the people said I should have stayed there. Should have stayed in freedom land. Because it is about freedom. Freedom of movement, quality of life. Really difficult to come back. Anyway, let's go to the phones. It's Jay calling from... uh, Cincinnati, Ohio. It's the Natty Boys. Your turn to be heard here at WABC, Jake. Curtis, come on out here to Cincinnati, man. We got a heck of a football team. Well, I tell you what, I've spent time in Cincinnati, uh, over the Rhine, Vine Street. You know where that uh uh that White Castles is by uh, over the Rhine and Vine Street? Oh yeah. Oh, Thank I freak yeah. I got the belly busters there. And I will tell you, I was very surprised uh, by your uh, LSU uh, quarterback, Joe Burrow, uh, Jamar Chase, who uh, has actually superseded Chad uh, Hollywood Johnson, who used to be your top wide receiver. Uh, you, oh, never, yeah. you never won a Super Bowl. You were on the cusp when Boomer Esiason was your quarterback. They were already asking him on the sidelines, where, where are you going, Boomer? He said, oh, I'm going to Disney World. And then within seconds, the 49ers had turned it around against uh, the Bengals. So this might be your first Super Bowl win. We hope so, man. We hope so, Curtis. Now, the problem you know is, the problem is, Jay, the chili. The chili there. Because, you know, uh, it's like chulling here. It's like beans here. You know, it's sort of like uh, it creates natural gas that if I uh, lit a match near your tuchus, we'd all be blown to kingdom come after you eat the chili. I, I know what you're saying. It's not Texas chili, is it? No. It's Natty Boy chili. You know, Cincinnati uh, Bengals for years were known for having the most uh, number of their players arrested. They'd show up for practice. They'd all be wearing the bracelets around their ankle. Because they'd be in home incarceration. Let's go to Steve, who's calling from the Bronx. Your turn to be heard here at WABC, Steve. Say, nice speaking to you. The answer for the Brillo uh, question you have, the competitor was SOS. That is correct. You couldn't be more hopelessly right. Uh, which did you prefer, Brillo or the SOS pads? Both of them were soaked up. Uh, I'd really have the Brillo. I think the soap was a little better, better quality. Ah, but what was more expensive? Let's see if you remember that. Uh, Brillo. That's right. And what did you use? Did you use Ajax in the blue can as a cleanser or Comet in the green can? Uh, Ajax. See, you 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 were a blue guy all the way. 
That's it. That's it. I just wish you had one, but uh, that's another story. Ah, that's right. Hey, Steve, you're, you're planning on maintaining your roots in the Bronx, or you're going to escape down to Florida like everyone else? You know, Florida is one of the rare states that have both alligators and crocodiles. Yeah. And yeah. years ago in the 60s, when people would first go down to Miami when it was developing and Jackie Gleason and the June Taylor dancers, uh, dancers and Art Carney said, come on down to Miami Beach. They did. And on the way back uh, along Old Dixie Highway, Highway 1, uh, old Tobacco Road, they would be selling baby alligators in little boxes. People really? people would buy them, bring them back to Brooklyn or the Bronx. Then all of a sudden, they'd see them growing like rabbits. You know, you first buy a little bunny, and then all of a sudden, the cage isn't big enough to hold a bunny. And so they'd start flushing them down the toilets. And some of these alligators survived in the sewer. So when the sewer workers like Art Carney, a.k.a. Ed Norton, had to go down there and go flush, flush, a gator was, like, ready to tear their limbs off. <laughs> yeah. You know, they, people say it's an urban myth. It's not an urban myth. Alligators can survive in the sewer system because they live off of all the waste there, and they grow big. I mean, yeah. we're talking about eight-foot gators. <laughs> the only thing I would like in Florida, which I guess Miami is the only one, is the highlight. They used to have in Connecticut. They stopped it. Oh, the let me tell you, they had it right in West Palm Beach, Hialeah. They had it. Let me tell you, the most rigged game you can imagine. Uh, so they bring these guys in from the Basque area of Spain, which was always attempting uh, to be separatists from Spain. The Basques, they wore black berets. And they would play with the wicker cups, and they would throw this ball up against the wall, and you would bet on it over under point spreads, all that. And it was a rigged game. That's right. Highlight was probably the biggest rigged game ever. Some of you went to Bridgeport, Connecticut, which this gentleman had mentioned. Love to know if any of you had any memories of the biggest rigged game of any game that you could legally gamble on. Highlight. 1-800-848-9222. New York's talk station with the king of New York. Curtis Lewa, 77 WABC. Southern Florida. Who could ever forget this theme? Uh, Miami Vice. The speedboats going in the water. The time of the narco-terrorists. The Cubanos, like Tony Montagna. And the rest. Later on, we're going to talk about uh, Tony Montagna, according to Eric Adams, the mayor. Would have been more dangerous to America pushing uh, cheese rather than heroin. Oh, yeah, I kid you not. Our mayor, Eric Adams, said that eating cheese was more dangerous to your health than shooting heroin. 
Now, if anything doesn't disqualify you from being mayor, I don't know how the hell he rationalizes that. And the media let him off the hook. But anyway, we're focused on my trip down to Florida where freedom, freedom prevails. It's a better quality of life. And I met so many people while I was down there for the week from New York, New Jersey, Connecticut, Pennsylvania, Rhode Island, Massachusetts, Maine, New Hampshire, Vermont, just fleeing the Northeast sector. And there are obviously reasons because it is such a difference in the quality of life and the way people are living compared to the rat race up here. 1-800-848-9222. That's 1-800-848-WABC. In fact, speaking of Massachusetts, uh, let's go to Roger. Your turn to be heard here at WABC, Roger. All right, thanks. Um, look at us. Um, a good few years ago, actually on cable television, um, uh, they showed a segment of a little cat, not even full grown, uh, fending off an, all- an approaching alligator. And the alligator, you know, stopped and he was, uh, he had to, was backing up. The, the little cat was, you know, hissing at it and swinging his fist at it, maybe about six or eight feet away. And uh, the cat didn't back down at all. The alligator was, it was backing up and backing up and backing up. And there's people watching it. Oh, yeah. The gators, uh, wherever there's water, as our previous caller had mentioned, whether it's a canal uh, or like the Everglades or Lake Okeechobee, I'll get into all of that momentarily. Uh, there are gators and, in some instances, crocodiles. Now, where in Massachusetts are you calling from? Well, I'm, I'm actually in a truck driving around New Jersey. Okay. Uh, I come down every night. Did uh, uh, did you ever, you and your family or friends, ever think of uh, picking up roots in Massachusetts and moving to Florida? No. No, that's where family's from. That's where we are. In fact, I'm back in the same house I grew up in. Wow. In you are you in Worcester. That's where yeah, yeah, a, right a lot of a lot of Polish people are from. Awesome. There's a lot of Irish and Italian. The it used to be divided up neatly into neighborhoods. The Swedish neighborhood, the Irish, and the Polish were near each other, and then you'd go over a little bit further, and there's the Italian section, and the French-Canadian were a little bit further out from the, uh, from the Irish and Italian. And uh, Yeah, the Canucks. The Canucks. Okay. Might, now, let me ask you this, Ray, uh, Roger. What infamous street radical from the 60s was born and raised in Vusta, Massachusetts? Street radical from the 60s. Mm. And, why, and while you're thinking of that, which major Catholic yes. university is located in Vusta? Well, Holy Cross. That is correct. Okay, so you got one out now, of two. Now the other, yeah. You know, the one other thing, though, before I hang up, is or before I whatever, you know, this whole thing about the, the, uh, the, the, the police and the city workers being losing their jobs i mean even the governor is making mention like we're we're pretty much near the it's apparently near the end of this whole thing can't they just drop it can't they just let this thing go we're near you know the numbers are going way down the even this last batch of what is it omicron whatever was very very mild can't they i i I can't understand why why we just can't just stop the, the assault or just give up the, the stupid fight, you know. Um, 
Well, Roger, and, understand uh, this. This is not about, look, you go down to uh, Florida, you don't see any of this. Uh, there's no mass mandate. There's no vax mandate. Uh, you know, and obviously you would have thought, Roger, think back to when the lockdown and pandemic first took place March of 2020. Uh, mm-hmm. If you were a betting guy, you would have said, oh, Florida is going to get clobbered with all the senior citizens there, right? Yeah. And it didn't. Yeah. It didn't. Oh. Because they handled it completely different. In fact, Disney World did not shut down right away. Remember, they were getting complaints because Disney World was yep. still open throughout March and early April. And then eventually they shut down for a while only to reopen. Uh, so Florida was getting hammered with criticism. And yet they've done the best through this lockdown and pandemic because they don't impose mask mandates and they don't impose vaccine mandates. Yeah, um, Sweden did well, too. They, they didn't really shut down. Now, I could see if someone's really sick and they want to put a mask on it they don't want to give it to anybody else. I mean, but, but within reason. But, but the, the, whole man, the whole single one-size-fits-all mandate the, in a militant manner is, is especially the police and the, as everyone, all of you and everybody always says, these people were, people were heroes. A year ago, two a year and a half ago, and and um, these militants will will get will sooner fire them. And here we are at the end of the pandemic. Apparently, apparently it's winding down, and they still want to fire these the people who save our lives. Well, I, well, know, worse, anyway. worse yet, Roger. They could easily, with the three thousand civil servants left on the New York City payrolls who have not been vaccinated, have chosen not to be vaccinated. All you got to do is test them once or twice a week. Test them once or twice a week. Yes, yes, yes. But you see, they want to show control. We control you. Governor Holcomb, uh, Eric Adams, they want to crush the life out of these workers. How dare you, my little pretty, uh, rise up and resist what we tell you through executive order? Yes, control, yes, power. Anyway, uh, Roger, uh, have you scraped your Maduro and cerebellum cerebellum and figured out which infamous street radical from the 1960s grew up in Wooster, Wooster, Massachusetts, like a 100% Wooster suit? Uh... No, but maybe you could try to get a hold of that video and put it on the floor and show it to your cats for inspiration. Ha! I'll mention that. I'll mention that to the cat lady, my wife, Nancy. Our number is 1-800-848-9222. That's 1-800-848-WABC. Who is the infamous street radical from the 60s who grew up in Wooster, Massachusetts? By the way, has anybody worn a Wooster suit, 100% Wooster suit out there? I remember my uh, Aunt Mary. Uh, took me for my communion suit, uh, and it was uh, on Pitkin Avenue, off East New York Avenue, and Rockaway Avenue in the Brownsville section, and she took me to Mo Ginsburg's. And an Orthodox tailor, an Orthodox Jewish tailor, said uh, he was kibitzing back and forth uh, about the price and uh, the kind of communion suit, and he said, let me, let me put up your, uh, uh, your nephew. In a 100% booster suit. And my aunt liked it so much that when it was time for my confirmation, she took me down to uh, Orchard Street in Delancey, the Lower East Side, 
to get me a 100% Vooster suit. When you wear a 100% Vooster suit, what do you do when you wear that Vooster suit on a little too long? 1-800-848-9222. That's 1-800-848-WABC. Let's go to Leonard in Essex County, New Jersey. Your turn to be heard here at WABC, Leonard. Abbott Howard, a.k.a. Abby Hoffman, would have been from Worcester, Massachusetts. Excellent, excellent, Leonard. Spot on. How did he, Curtis, how did he possibly gobble 153 phenobarbital tablets, (laughs) washing it down with some cheap liquor? How the heck did he manage to commit that kind of a suicide? I don't know. I don't know. He, look, I, uh, Abby Hoffman uh, was an erratic. Uh, he, he was a typical manic depressive type. If you looked yeah. up manic depressive, you put Abby Hoffman's picture next to it. Uh, he called yeah, himself go. the Hebrew road warrior. Uh, he helped create the Yipsters uh, along with uh, uh, Jerry Rubin. Uh, They stormed uh, Chicago in 1968. They led the charge on the Democratic National Convention, which eventually nominated Hubert H. Humphrey. Uh, And they definitely had an impact on America. In fact, Abby Hoffman, for a while, had to uh, hide out up in the St. Lawrence area, New York State. He was wanted uh, on a warrant. And yet he wasn't really hiding. He was out there in the public, and five <laughs> O didn't get him. The FBI, forever busting Italians at that time. He wasn't Italian, uh, didn't get him. He was hiding in plain sight, Paisan. And remember, who was it? Uh, either somebody delivered him a book with a hacksaw in it when he was in prison, or he did. I'm trying to remember that, so that he could file his way out of prison to cut his way through the bars. Yeah. You know what? I had a question. You used the old expression when you were at Rudy's uh, bathroom, the Bacows. What 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 does that mean? Do you know where that comes from? Because I had a theory on that. Yeah, Bacows, uh, I learned from my grandfather and my grandmother, Fidel and uh, Nicoletta Bianchino. They were from Bari, Italy, the Provincia de Bari, right on the Adriatic Sea. They were from the town of Andria. And they said, That's "Where my fa- half of my family's from? There, the small town of Fasano. There's mm. a theme park there now." Yeah. So uh, my grandfather and my grandmother would say, "Hey, one yon, time to use the bakhouse, uh, which right. is the bathroom." Right, but the, because this is what I found out, it was the back house because it was outside, and yeah. you had to go out back. That's right. That's right. They just mispronounced it and elided it together. Well, my mother, Francesca, the only one born here in America, uh, after they were in downtown uh, Brooklyn, and they got evicted because my grandfather had told the landlady that they only had six kids when, in fact, they had 13 kids. Uh, so wow. they got, yeah, they had got evicted. There was no such thing as tenant landlord court back then. Uh, you know, you roam the streets until you could get an apartment. They worked their way all the way down to Canarsie, which uh, was uh, pretty much unoccupied at that time, except along Remsen Avenue. Uh, they found an apartment. The rest of it was open fields and lots. And my mother described to me the outhouse they used. And what they would do is they would get the wrap that you would buy peaches uh, in, you know, that that little fine wrap. 
and they would put it on a right. nail in the outhouse. And when you finished doing what you had to do, you'd wipe your tush with that. <laughs> now, can you imagine being in the outhouse when it was 20 degrees below zero before global warming, climate change, when you had real winters? Right, well, you, you came back from Florida to an early spring. We got uh, 60 degrees in uh, New York City tomorrow. I had, I had a question for you. What high school did I go to? Here's a clue. 6th Avenue and 16th Street, and they used to call us the Subway Soldiers back in the 60s. Hmm. 6th Avenue and And 16th 16th Street. Military all-boy marched in the St. Patrick's Parade all the way to McSorley's Ale House when we weren't supposed to. Xavier, the Jesuit High School. There you go. You're good. Well, I tell you what. You, uh, You... uh, tell you a story. Uh, the weather guy, uh, Al Roker on NBC, right. uh, he yes. lived in the Bayview housing projects in Canarsie for a few years and went to Xavier. So he'd have to take the bus all the way to Rockaway Parkway, last stop of the LL line. It was LL at that time, Lousy line, uh, take the <laughs> L train to 6th Avenue because he was going to Xavier and they had to wear yep. the the grays, the cadet uh, uniform. I think yep. he said like twice a week. Yeah, we had the grays, the blue it was, and the green army. The grays were for uh, the lighter weather. That was the warmer weather in the spring. And the uh, and uh, but then you had the dress blues, and then you had the army issue green. But I uh, guess who he went to uh, school a lot in the same class with my my deceased brother Kenneth. He uh, was uh, in the same class with uh, my brother. Yeah, and then there was uh, uh, Justice Scalia, who also went to Xavier High School. But a number of notables. But with with Al Roker, he told me the story because he knew I was from Canarsie. He goes, Curtis, first of all, at times I'd have to run from uh, the Rockaway Parkway Station. Down uh, down, uh, uh, the avenue there towards the Bayview Projects down Rockaway Parkway, and the Italian guys would, like, I'd have to run through an Apache line. They'd be hitting me with bat, bats and chains and sticks. Cause they, <laughs> yeah, because they'd be screaming, hey, get the hell out of here. You don't belong here. Then he's on the train. He's in his grays, and uh, hippies are coming up on him and spitting on him, thinking he just came back from the Vietnam War, you baby killer. That's right. That's right. You're absolutely correct. In my last year... Uh, they uh, had, it was the height of the war, they had no more uniforms uh, and they had us dressed in blazers because they thought we would get shot on the way to and from school. I had to travel all the way to Jersey and uh, uh, took the path train back to the regular subway. And um, it was back then, I'll tell you, uh, 11 years old, my parents thought nothing of dropping us off down at the Newark train station. And working our way into the school, uh, into the to the school, either through the subway system or the path train, one way or the other. Yeah. And and nowadays, oh, did you hear you were out of state, but did you hear about the guy driving? And uh, the uh, kid must have thought he was in a movie. He just popped up through the sunroof and and shot this guy yesterday. Yeah, yeah. Oh, we're going to be talking that uh, later on. We're going to be talking about drill rap. That Dominic Carter, <coughs> supposedly street smart, knew nothing about 
And Eric Adams, our mayor, who said, hey, I'm the street smart guy. I was a cop for 22 years. Claims he never he's heard of it. Right. He's a poser. He actually lived in Jersey. You know about that, where I lived out here. That's he right. He shouldn't even have gotten uh, the residency. You can't leave New York. You got to stay in New York because you got to get in there. You got to get in I there. I know, I know, I but I, I got I to tell you, I, I, I was in God's country, uh, Paradise, Florida. Now I know why everyone has fled down there. Uh, have you yeah. ever thought? Have you ever thought? Uh... Uh, I lived in I lived in Naples, Florida. Where would where would an Italian go? My family had a couple of places rentals. We we're in the landlord business, but uh, I think when my time runs out up here, which is a couple more years, I'm headed to the northern part uh, in the Tallahassee or Jacksonville. Because if you drive right and you abide by the speed limits, believe it or not, from you know, this part of Jersey to uh, over the line is only 14 hours now because they improved the roads and stuff. You know? Oh, yeah, it's he not the old the president. But uh, uh, Carter did fix some of the roads. Right. Down there it's not Jordan. the old uh, tobacco highway, uh, old Dixie Highway uh, Route 1. And by the way, you ought to try yeah. the panhandle where all the hillbillies live. Uh, all, oh, yeah. All the hillbillies. Um, Pensacola and such. Right. I mean, they're all hillbillies there. It's like uh, you don't find many New Yorkers down there or people from Connecticut or New Jersey or, or uh, Pennsylvania down there. You ought to try to panhandle and then tell yeah, them. If tell you them do you're, that, you got to be strapped, you know? Yeah. Well, everybody is down there. Good people have <laughs> guns. Know. Bad people have guns. Uh, everybody's <laughs> got a gun down in Florida. When I lived in Naples, they were trying to pass a law where you could go into the uh, bars, into the saloons, right, and actually be wearing the the weapon in a holster like the old West. But yeah, <laughs> but yeah. They try to push it through, but it. They, thank God they would have been drawn down there, drawn down on each well, other. Well, they have concealed. They have concealed weapons. You can uh, carry a concealed weapon. But the interesting right. thing down there is. Uh, you being Italian, you go to the Panhandle, and the only Italian restaurant they have, they think it's Italian, but it's a Fugazi Olive Garden. <laughs> and all all, all those hillbillies, wow, we get extra breadsticks, extra breadsticks. <laughs> yeah, they probably order lasagna. Uh, you get that? <laughs> I hate Olive Garden with a passion. I really hate Olive Garden. They, they've destroyed Italian cuisine. When America thinks that Olive Garden is Italian cuisine, we've got double trouble. <laughs> That's a true story. When I was a kid down in Naples, my family always went down there. We were sitting in a restaurant, and this, you know, there was Southern people with their family right next to us. And, you know, with a heavy Southern drawl, this extremely white redneck guy orders, uh, I think I'll have the lasagna. My father, he almost choked from laughing so much. And not only that, you know, they use Parmesan cheese, the Kraft Parmesan cheese, out of the round box. Right. That's how After you they, they made the sauce out of ketchup. That's right. <laughs> That's how you know they're gavones. Hey, listen, we got to root for eventually our first Italian president of the United States, Ronnie, a.k.a. Heavy D. DeSantis. Hmm. Now, DeSantis, though, interesting. 
Yeah, I didn't even realize he was uh, Italian. Thank you for informing me of that. Uh, military, Harvard, and Italian. And he, yep. he came up, uh, he was born in the northern area, in, in the farm area. People don't realize that agriculture and raising cattle is the number two business in Florida. Tourism is number one. And right. agriculture and raising cattle is number two. Right. Yeah, now I'm going to get into that about the problems that the they may be. Too. There's horse country in the central Florida. There. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. They right. used to they used to have the, the dog tracks. Oh, I'll tell you a story about that, the dog tracks. You see, we went down memory lane there. Xavier High School. <sighs> see? The weather guy, Al Roker, getting attacked. Gets attacked by the Supreme Cousins because he's a black guy walking uh, down Rockaway Parkway towards the Bayview Projects. He's on the train, the LL train. The hippies are spitting at him because he's wearing the uh, cadet grays because they thought he was uh, back from Vietnam serving the United States. They're calling him baby killer. Uh, he said, I got to get out of here. I got to get out of here. Great story he told me. 1-800-848-9222. Let's go to Peter, who's calling all the way from Hawaii. Your turn to be heard here at WABC, Peter. Curtis, born and prep grad, 03. I had half a brain. Ah. Um, I love it out here in Hawaii, and I want to know, can I start a, a group of the angels out here so I don't have to leave? Oh, absolutely, except when I've been out there. Uh, what? what we, well, I worked first in the main island, Oahu. Uh, and when I was in downtown Honolulu, I couldn't believe that uh, the prostitutes would be roaming up and down the streets, and it was pretty much quasi-legal. Because uh, the Japanese, they love Hawaii. They couldn't win Hawaii in World War II by bombing Pearl Harbor, but they are like the best tourists coming to Hawaii. They they can't get enough of Hawaii. Uh, I remember I went to uh, Oahu. They had ice there. It was called ice. It's like a form of meth. You had a lot of homeless people and drug addicts living uh, in these encampments with the, the blue tarpaulin over them. Uh, they seem to be everywhere. Uh, but it's 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 drop dead gorgeous, Oahu. Now I know why uh, uh, President Barack Obama, who wanted to be a Howley, a white boy out there smoking Maui Waui and Hindu Kush. Now I know why he loved Hawaii so much. We're in Kwai, and we have you on the app, and we miss you, and we don't want to leave. We love it out here. Well, you you still. How long have you been in Hawaii? A week. We're coming back tomorrow. Ah ah. Well, you haven't been to Maui, have you? No, we're in Kauai right now. Okay. All right. I mean, it is it is so gorgeous out there. Uh, you got to tell you, and people, though, it, interesting, as beautiful as it is, people from this part of the world, our part of the world, the Northeast, mm-hmm. would much rather go to Florida than Hawaii. They can't hack the flight. It's too long. Do you know that I graduated a group in Honolulu, the Guardian Angels? So I took a jet out of of JFK, took it to Oakland, Oakland International Airport, Oaktown. They had robbed uh, my luggage. So they said, hey, you want to catch? I I said, I got to get to Hawaii. I catch a connecting flight. I do the graduation. And I flew all the way back. I did that within uh, less than 72 hours. People thought I was nuts. Wow. But at that You're time, maniac, yeah, but at that time I was on in the mornings with Ron Kuby, whose mommy was a commie, 
and I could not afford to leave him here by himself or there would have been no show. One show with Ron Kuby alone, it would have been over. I miss Ron. How's he doing? Uh, he's uh, defending a lot of those shooters and looters, as you know. Someone's got to. <laughs> All right, well, have a safe trip back. Will do. Thanks, Curtis. Have a good night. Yeah, that is a long trip. And imagine, I did it in all of 72 hours. Went there, graduated the Guardian Angels in Honolulu, and came right back. They stole my baggage in uh, Oaktown. And you know what my baggage consisted of, an extra red beret, an extra T-shirt, an extra red sateen jacket, a pair of slacks, and that was it. 1-800-848-9222. Let's go to James calling from NASA. Your turn to be heard here at WABC, James. Hey, what's up, Curtis? I just want to get this straight. This buffoon was Brooklyn Borough president for how long? Oh, eight years. Eight years, two eight terms. Years. Right. So he didn't realize for the last eight years of being Brooklyn Borough president what drill rap was and how it was driving crime up in his borough. He had no idea, like our own Dominic Carter, who grew up in the All Bronx, right. had no idea. <laughs> Dominic uh, cut him some slack, but this guy is supposedly the pulse of Brooklyn and New York City, man of the street, and he has no idea what was driving crime, what was driving kids to shoot each other for the last over five years. Yeah, wanna, yeah, uh, and remember, uh, uh, there were three places. Right, but there are three places where drill rap was the bomb. Chicago, where it started in 2010. Then it went to London, the U.K., in about 2015. Then it uh, really blew up in Brooklyn in 2018. It's where probably every, the, the most... Every one of those drill raps recite an act of violence that happened, you know, probably in his borough while he was borough president. Yeah, you know, and, so and, I, and the biggest the biggest drill rapper at that time was Pop Smoke 2019. His big hit was Welcome to the Party. Uh, which was filmed in the streets of Canarsie, right in Brooklyn. He ended up getting killed. Uh, he was at a house. Right. I forget. It was uh, one of the... Um, actually, uh, a recent homicide in Canarsie was one of his boys. Yeah, T. Dot Wu. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah. They're all so, Crips, and there's an uh, the ongoing war there. Was, the fact that this guy was borough president and now it says he has no idea until now, uh, I'm done. <laughs> That's it for me. Well, I love your show. <laughs> I, I, I've said it, James. He's not a street guy. You're not a street guy when you wear Ferragamo shoes and you wear tailored, custom-made suits. You, you're not a street guy. You're just not a street. He pretends to be a street guy. But I know street dudes. He's never been a street dude. Never, 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 never. <laughs> <laughs> right there on 81st Street in Flatlands. You got this big mural to pop smoke. It's all in blue. Uh, it says Canarsie on it uh, in the baby blue of the Canarsie Chiefs. That's right. The high school still uses the term Chiefs, tough noogies. Uh, their logos. But that's because of the Crips. Let me see. Um, the Housewives. The Housewives of Beverly Hills. He was staying at one of the Housewives of the Beverly Hills' house, not in Beverly Hills, Uh, I think in the San Fernando Valley, when five thugs came in and blew away Pop Smoke in 2019. Now, I know that as a white boy. 
Okay, Kenoshi's my uh, home neighborhood, so I know a lot about it. But how, if you're the Brooklyn Borough president, did you not know about drill rap? You did not know about the most famous drill rapper of all, Pop Smoke, who is right from your borough. I mean, article after article was written. What the hell was he doing at that time? Oh, that's right. He was pretending to be a vegan. We'll talk about that later. 1-800-848-9222. Let's go, if we can, to uh, Peter calling from the Lower East Side. Your turn to be heard here at WABC, Peter. Yeah, I'm going to be fair, Curtis. But no, why? I'm going to ask you a serious question. Why is it with all these guys smoking fentanyl and all that, taking their clothes off, killing people, you're station a cohort never mentioned their drug problems that they know that drugs lead people to do different things i hear the morning talk show host brag you know give drug addict war tales about when they were out in the streets or wherever they were copping from because as you know when you can't get dope from the rich you go to the poor my point is why is it not an issue I knew white people, rich people, poor people that were strung out. I knew girls that would sell their mothers. Some of them came from the wealthiest homes back, home shop back in the 60s. And I guess because our generation was so involved with it, we don't want to let our kids know that, hey, we know the game. I mean, the people in Staten Island or whatever in the, in the suburbs, they don't know anything. I hear your callers, they sound anemic after time. I'll hang up and listen. <laughs> You call it sound anemic half the time. Uh, you know what you need. What, what, what was it you, uh, you took years ago in the 60s? If you were anemic and you had uh, iron poor blood, what tonic did you take in the 60s when you were anemic and you had iron poor blood? In fact... They used to constantly advertise it. Uh, I remember it most on CBS Channel 2. It was a tonic. I think it's still available in the uh, pharmacies. 1-800-848-9222. That's 1-800-848-WABC. Let's go to Tom in Manhattan. Your turn to be heard here at WABC, Tom. Curtis, hi. How? I'd just like to ask you one thing. Uh Tomorrow is the 13th. Something momentous happened six years ago on that day. I'm sure you're aware of it. Hmm. Six years ago on the 13th. And you're, talk- and you're talking about a certain school on 16th Street. Ah, so uh, Justice uh, Scalia down in the Texas town hunting for doves. Uh, got yeah, to- allegedly, allegedly hunting for, uh, I think it was a... Wet job put up by at the time POTUS, you know, you know what I'm saying? Yeah, no, no, I would agree with you. They, they found a pillow over his head. Um, and by the way, there was no Emmy called. There was no qualified medical personnel, like uh, a guy with an MD after his name to write a DC. You and it, had, there was no autopsy, no autopsy. Right? And yeah. Princess Guavera, whatever the heck her name is. Uh, was the individual who uh, said, oh, uh, heart attack. First of all, they don't write heart attack, they write MI. I'm in the medical field. It's a myocardial infarction. Hmm. When you're talking with personnel, 
you know, on the medical end, from an RN right on up, they call it an MI, not a heart attack. Yes, yes. And I, I remember that well. I couldn't figure out why he would be out in nowhere, Texas, hunting for doves. A lot of people, like my wife, really got upset. Hunting, shooting and doves? And don't forget one thing about the great Antonin Scalia. He loved his wife. The next day was Valentine's Day. You mean tell me he's going quail hunting in southwest Texas? I think it was dove. I think it was dove hunting. I think it was hunting for doves. Although I stand to be corrected on that. But you're right. The whole thing didn't sound right to begin with. The fact that they found a pillow over his head. It's like the scene out of The Godfather. Remember when... Uh, Michael Corleone's bodyguard sneaks into the hospital in Havana uh, when the celebration is taking place, Batista's celebration, and he tries to smother with a my pillow uh, Hyman Roth. Remember that? Yes. I, I believe a classic I, scene. Yeah, I that believe I believe it was very similar it, 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 to this day. And the fact that they didn't do an autopsy. They claimed, may, may they claimed he, he, yeah, they claimed he had cardio issues. There was no, there was, he was a healthy 78-year-old Italian guy. Now, if you're a robust Italian guy and you make it to 78, you got some good things going for you, if you know what I'm saying. But I didn't also understand why his family wouldn't want an autopsy. Uh, you know, there's some, some religious. Uh, I, I believe there were threats. I'll put money on it. Mm. I bet you there were threats by the deep staters. Mm. Mm. And don't forget, he, at that time he had, uh, we, you know, he, him and his lovely wife had nine children. One's a priest. He's in Arlington, uh, Virginia. And uh, at that time, I believe 20 some odd grandchildren. And don't put it past some of these individuals. You know, you dealt with them way back in the 90s. Oh, yeah. I wouldn't put anything past them. And don't forget, uh, when it occurred, uh there was a kibosh on everything. Uh, nobody asked questions. The, the so-called lamestream uh, Luciferian media did nothing. And by the way, one other thing. The so-called uh, – where were the, uh, the the Secret Service agents? They when weren't they there. They weren't forget, there. You're supposed to have two 24, uh, 24 hours a day. Yeah, well, they, they, they made it seem like he had uh, never told his detail, that he had gone off to this ranch to hunt doves. Yeah. I, I never yeah. bought that. I never bought that, Tom. But unfortunately, a lot of people did. And another thing, there was no forensic investigation of the room. As you recall, there was a, a half, you uh, drank, allegedly drank glass of water. The contents were never examined. I mean, if you're a rookie detective starting out, you know, you just got promoted and you went to senior detectives. Uh, They would school you on what to do. You know, you touch nothing. You, you send stuff off to the lab and you, you maintain custody of everything there. Particularly of a United States Supreme court justice. Come on. It was a great conservative. Him and Clarence Thomas were the two great and uh, Sam Alito conservatives on the court. Yep. Down to and the, I don't forget they, uh, the certain the Kenya kid was dying to get some lib in his place. No, uh, no, no, no. Yeah, 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 yeah. Very suspicious. It may sound conspiratorial, ladies and gentlemen, but I buy into it how Judge Ant- 
Antonin Scalia met his demise with a my pillow, a Michael Lindell pillow over his head. Not that Mike Lindell did it, but uh, somebody smothered him. Just like that scene in The Godfather, if you remember, Michael Corleone was visiting Havana. He had his bodyguard all dressed in black with a black fedora sneak into the room of Hyman Roth, a.k.a. Uh, Meyer Lansky, a.k.a. Sheldon Silver, and try to smother him. And then remember the Cuban uh, police officer came in and shot uh, the bodyguard of uh, Michael Corleone before he could complete the task. And as a result of that, <laughs> Hyman Roth uh, began a plot to try to whack uh, the Corleones. Remember that? 1-800-848-9222. Now, speaking of shooting, never believe Anton Antonin uh, Scalia was out shooting doves in West Texas. But there was somebody up in the Mid-Hudson Valley this time of year, 2006, who went hunting and ended up shooting his companion on a quail hunting trip. Who was that? And where did that occur? 1-800-848-9222. That's 1-800-848-WABC. Let's go to Ted Nichols calling all the way from Michigan. Uh, your turn to be heard here at WABC, Ted. Yeah, you asked for uh, the iron for the blood, and it was Geritol. That's right, Geritol. Oh, I remember my grandfather, Fidelo Bianchino, uh, my grandmother, Nicoletta, would give him Geritol for what she said was his iron-poor blood. Did you ever take Geritol, Ted? Uh, probably. You know, it was on Lawrence Welk. They advertised on Lawrence Welk, you know, all the time. That's right, Lawrence Welk. I forgot all about that. I wonder if you could actually find it in a pharmacy at a drugstore right now. I haven't seen it in, in 25 years. And it's uh, it's a, for it either. yeah, it's a tonic. It's for the anemic. A lot of times yeah. an anemic person would, would, would swig Geritol. They'd say, what's in that flask? Uh, is that whiskey? Is that rye? Is that vodka? No, it's Geritol. I swig Geritol. Nobody would believe them. Yeah, I knew my grandparents took it. Yeah, no, no, it was the it, it was the thing back then for iron poor blood. Excellent. Now, which part of Michigan are you calling from, Ted? Battle Creek. Battle Creek, and we know what created in Battle Creek. Kellogg's. Yeah, it, it was created here. Uh, Tony the Tiger. It's great. Yeah. Rice Krispies. <laughs> oh, now I'm going down oh, memory yeah. lane. Uh, do you know where the factories are there in Battle Creek? Of course, yeah. Post is three blocks from me, and Kellogg is five blocks from me. Post, alphabets, right? I remember alphabets post. Oh, yeah. And yeah. Gra grape nuts. Grape nuts, your teeth would fall out. Yeah, a lot of good stuff. What was that? Since you grew up in Battle Creek, what was your favorite cold cereal? You know, I I was like shredded wheat. You know, well, well, and then um, wait, shredded wheat. Who put out shredded wheat? Cold cereal. Oh, okay. And then and, and the sugar shredded wheat, right? Well, yeah, but I always like uh, put honey on my shredded wheat. Oh wow, you were a post guy, not a Kellogg's guy. No, 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 no. Kellogg was, you know, Kellogg put, you know, the 
corn puffs out and that uh that sweet uh the Tony Tiger one, you know? Yeah. Tony the Tiger is great. Yeah, yeah, a lot of great cereal. A lot of lot of variety. Now, Ted, uh when I was down in Florida, did I meet a hell of a lot of people from Michigan? I met them from Kalamazoo. Uh I met them from uh Muskegon. They used to have the lead smeltering plant. We were talking about that. Oh my god. Uh, I met a lot of people from Michigan down in Florida now, and they ain't going back. Well, you know, blue skies do draw people. Did you, uh, you yourself, do you think you're going to end up uh, living and dying in Michigan or eventually moving away? Well, you know, I'm 72 and I'm retired and I got two garages behind my house. And I just love to, you know, pedal around in the garages, you know, repairing or cleaning up tools or cleaning up, you know, something, and I just, I love to just be in my own backyard, you know. All right, now let me give you a quiz uh, to see if you're a typical guy from Michigan. I spent some time in Jackson, Michigan, north of Detroit, the largest walled prison in the world, Jackson. Um, Yeah. Ted, do you have a gun? Yeah. Okay. Uh, Did you grow up reading Popular Mechanics? I did. Okay. Uh, did you ever uh, desire to uh, go and have uh, a car that you could run uh, at the racetrack, you know, the drag track? No, I never did. My dad kept me busy in his body shop. And, um, you know, he, 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 he always he, – he didn't give me much time to play. Did you go hunting? No, he, my dad was not a hunter, so I was not a hunter. Were you a fisherman? No, my dad didn't fish, so I didn't fish. Wow, you only, based on my observations, you're only half of what makes a, a Michigan person. You realize that? Well, my nephew chartered a boat three years ago, and we did go out to Lake Michigan, and I got like a 48-inch uh fish out there, a salmon. All right. Well, yeah. No, no, that, that, that qualifies. That qualifies. You know, your governor lives right along uh, Lake Michigan there, uh, that uh, real piece of work, your governor there. Yeah, right, right. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> well, that would be a reason to leave Michigan. Come on. No, oh, I'm telling you. No, uh, yeah. All right. Well, I appreciate you knowing. That the tonic elixir I was talking about that we grew up with in the 60s for people suffering from iron-poor blood, like my grandfather, Fidela Bianchino, from Bari. Uh, my grandmother, Nicoletta, would get out the big spoon, pour the tonic elixir known as Geritol on the spoon, and sometimes give them two spoonfuls of Geritol. 1-800-848. 8 Check this out. No one knows New York better. The founder of the Guardian Angels, Curtis Lewa. And you can't compete against that. On 77 WABC. Yeah. Todos están pendientes a ti. Pero tú puedes estar para mí. Haciendo que me odien más. Porque todos te quieren.
tú eres mía, mía, tú sabes que eres mía, mía, tú me Bad Money and Drake. You go to uh, Orange County in Florida, Disney World, Orlando, and especially Kissimmee. Little Puerto Rico. So many Puerto Ricans, uh, middle class, lower middle class, fled the island after the hurricane and the earthquake and came to central Florida. Most of them are Democrats. So there's always a danger their growing population could turn what is now a red state purple and potentially blue. Although it seems that many of those Puerto Ricanos, the moment they left the Commonwealth and they came to central Florida, they almost have like a a born-again situation. They become DeSantis fans, Republican supporters, not Charlie Crist fans. I cannot believe that Charlie Crist is still running for governor. The guy who used man tan. I mean, look, he lives in Florida. What do you need man tan? Tan out of a can. He's an enigma. We don't know what his sexuality was or is. He had a wife. I think she was a beard. Not sure. He was a Democrat. No, a Republican, Democrat, Republican, still not sure. He is an enigma. And believe it or not, as popular as a Republican governor DeSantis is, he has $80 million in his campaign chest. Charlie Chris could potentially upset him. Because he's run for statewide office at various levels six separate times as a Democrat and sometimes as a Republican. Anyway, let's go to the phones. 1-800-848-9222 to Jeff in New Jersey. Your turn to be heard here at WABC, Jeff. Yeah, hi, Curtis. You asked about uh, who shot his friend in the face, quail hunting. That was Dick Cheney. Absolutely correct. Vice President Dick Cheney at the time, uh, 2006, yeah. just about this time of year. And also about Geritol. They didn't say iron poor blood. They called it iron deficiency anemia. Ah. It's, it's still available in tablet and liquid form. You can get it. Anemia. That's right. Yeah. In fact, people right. used to go for B12 shots for their anemia. Yeah, yeah. My mother used to do that a lot. Yeah. Oh, my mother, too, Francesca, because she said she had anemia. And if you remember, JFK uh, claimed that he had anemia. He was going to a doctor on the Upper West Side who would shoot him up. He said a B12 and it turned out it was speed. Oh, really? Well, he had Addison's disease also, uh, which was uh, a very unusual uh, endocrine disease where he couldn't bend over too well. Yeah, well... uh, Addison's disease. I know. That's what he said. But if you look at the number of voluptuous women he bedded down, I don't know how he could do that with back pain. (laughs) That's true. Unless he was taking his Dones pills and Bengay baths. Now, question. Uh, you mentioned yep. that Vice President Quayle had shot his friend uh, in no, the no, face. No, no, Cheney, not Quayle. Right, right, but it, it was Quayle hunting at the time in Texas. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. You know the name yeah. of the schlub, the putz, the pisher, uh, a person of no consequence that he shot in the face? Uh, some Schmendrick. I don't know who he is. No, he was Harry Whittington. Harry Whittington. I was out there with uh, Vice President Dick Cheney. He must have gotten quite upset at something that I said about why are you waterboarding uh, 
uh, the terrorists uh, in uh, Guantanamo, and then he shot me in the face. <laughs> okay. Ah, that's what that I story. believe. That's what I believe. They think Cheney had anger management problems. Uh, he's trying to hold himself back from laughing. You see, I don't like that, is he? When they got to laugh, get a belly laugh. Get it out. Get it out of your system. 1-800-848-9222. Let's go to Giuseppe, who's calling from New Jersey. Your turn to be heard here at WABC, Joe. Yes. Yeah, yeah, Joe. Yeah, it's you, 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 Giuseppe. Hi, still on. Okay, yeah, good. Yeah, I know you're still on, but now you're on with me, Curtis Lee. We're back live and in person from Florida. In Florida. Great to hear you. Very honored to speak with you. I got the uh, answer to a question. I, I misread your question, though. I thought you were saying the fellow who got shot turkey hunting. And uh, since I'm a bicycle guy, I remember it was Greg Lamond who uh, upset his career in the bicycle uh, racing Tour de France by getting uh-huh. shot by his brother-in-law out in Arizona. And that's uh, one of the answers for uh, a question which I I misinterpreted. No, no, no. That's that's a good one because that leads us into a discussion about Lance Armstrong and blood uh, doping, right? Yes, yes. My hero, Lance, got defrocked. I saw him at a book signing and actually uh, in a hospital at Morristown in uh, maybe eight years, ten years ago, his mother spoke and uh, had uh, written a book about title was No Mountain High Enough, and each chapter was a 1950s and 60s song, No Mountain High Enough and all those other songs. So I was uh, always a fan of Lance, and unfortunately, he's uh, he's on the back burner now. Well, Here's it's another in, it, good one. It's interesting, before we go to that, uh, mm-hmm. that uh, the uh, Bob Baffert-trained thoroughbred Medina Spirit who uh, was the Kentucky Derby winner in 2021, collapsed and died after a workout at Santa Anita Park in uh, Southern California. And it turned out that uh, after doing an autopsy, they determined that he died from blood doping, the same kind of blood doping that Lance Armstrong would do to himself, Bob Baffert or one of the – one of the assistant trainers god. did blood doping of this horse. Oh my god, that, yeah. that's incredible! Yeah. I, that's another strange oddity, and what people will do for uh, sport and uh, their own glory. Uh, that's reminding me of the uh, high, high altitude oxygen uh, uh, theory that if you go train in high oxygen and people go in these hyperbaric chambers also and do other crazy stuff. Lance even took a, a pill inside to uh, tech, take uh, temperature, internal temperature uh, readings, and it gets to be uh, uh, like a hospital bed. During the Tour de France, you think guys are, you know, going out partying, they're all hooked up to IV uh, Line. Who, who was the most infamous person ever to go into the hyperbaric chamber? Uh, that, 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 not sure. Mm-hmm. <laughs> not sure. Maybe one of the teammates of Lance or the other teammates of... Oh, no. Quite a, few, quite a few athletes have. Uh-huh. Yeah, but there I... was maybe, at one time, he was the most famous performer in the world oh. who would go into the hyperbaric chamber. 
Mm. No, no clue. A prize uh, fighter, maybe? I want you to dwell on that. I want uh, you to right. dwell on that. See, ladies and gentlemen, we come at you with trivia a mile a minute. Frank Morano, who does the other side of uh, midnight, one to five, Monday through Fridays. He claims, oh, uh, uh, trivia, I don't do trivia. It doesn't lead to further discussion. Did you see the conversation we just had with this gentleman? We went from Greg Lamont to Lance Armstrong. We talked about the thoroughbred who uh, now it has been determined, Medina Spirit, 2021 Kentucky Derby winner, who was uh, killed with blood doping like Lance Armstrong would do to himself and his teammates for the USPS. Remember, it was the United States Postal Service supporting their team. That's a lot of conversation. Frank Murano. Oh, you're not going to want to miss the 4 o'clock hour. We're taking our shots at Frank Murano. New York's talk station with the king of New York. Curtis Lewa, 77 WABC. No, 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 you can't eat an egg if you're a vegan. Sorry, Weird Al. Sorry, sorry, Al. Hold on, sorry, sorry. You can't be a vegan if you eat eggs. You know, I was away a week in Florida. It's paradise. Most people uh, in the TikTok poll that we put up, you should go to my TikTok uh, uh, social networking uh, posting. 60% 60% of the people think that I should have stayed in Florida for my own welfare. Better quality of life, better lifestyle, it's better uh, American uh, state. People are proud to be Americans there. Not so back here. Not ravaged by the crime that we're seeing here. So with everything going on in New York, right, five weeks into the new Eric Adams administration, it's obvious he has no plan for dealing with crime. No plan. And never did have a plan. And those of you who listen to me on the campaign trail, I had a plan. He had no plan. Uh, he met with Andrew Evil Cuomo at the restaurant of his crooked friend who uh, got busted for money laundering. He and his brother. He stays at Trump World Tower with this guy. I, I mean, I, what is up with this mayor? All right, so he's not staying in uh, Fort Lee any longer in uh, apartment 22H with his domestic partner. Yeah, right. Come on. Come on. This guy is the biggest enigma, and his complexion is his protection. That's why he's not getting drilled down on uh, by the media. Uh, he said uh, he doesn't know what drill rap is. I'm going to get into all of that in the last hour because that's ridiculous. 
But he spent a good portion of this week being a chef. Did you see Eric Adams? He, what, what was he, Chef Ramsey? What, what, what chef did he remind you of when he put on the apron? And in the midst of a crime crisis here that even Bill de Blasio never had in eight years of feckless, weak leadership, of being an anti-NYPD uh, uh, guy who defunded the police. We never, ever had a month as bad as this in the eight years of Bill de Blasio. And this guy decided at the height of the crime crisis, where there's looting going on and shooting and drive-bys, and every conceivable crime taking place in the subways, in the streets, in the parks, in the schools, he decided to put on a cooking class as Chef Ramsay or whatever chef you think he sort of resembled there and teach us all the way we should be eating and our children should be eating. By the way, what uh, famous uh, celebrity chef did Eric Adams in the apron strings uh, remind you of? 1-800-848-9222. That's 1-800-848-WABC. Maybe the most ridiculous thing he ever said, of the many ridiculous things he said this week, when he was uh, putting on a cooking demonstration in front of the press corps, he said that eating cheese is more damaging to your health than if you were shooting up heroin. I didn't say that. Eric Adams said that. Eating a slice of, let's say, Velveeta cheese, government brick cheese, uh, cheddar cheese, any kind of cheese that you would be eating would be more dangerous to your health than if you were shooting up main uh, lining heroin and being a dope fiend. I mean, that alone should disqualify you. 1-800-848-9222. That's 1-800-848-WABC. But here is Eric Adams, the mayor, Chef Ramsey extraordinaire, talking about how he lives a plant-based life. I eat a plant-based centered life. Some people want to call me vegan. Vegans eat Oreos and they drink Coca-Cola. I don't. I eat a plant-based centered life. (laughs) That's because he was getting hammered at that time because uh, waiters around the city at the restaurants that he's gone to to get his free meals, especially on West 52nd Street from those two crooked brothers, of which one of them, he stays at his apartment there in the World Trump Tower. My God. Uh he got cold busted because Wade is there and at Rayo's when he had a sit down uh, at Rayo's uh, in the Democratic primary. He went up there to meet Bo Deedle, Todd Shapiro, the publicist, and John Katzmatidis. He had fish. And he tried to pretend that he was a vegan. And then he said, well, you know, Eric is uh, imperfectly uh, perfect. Is that what he said? Imperfectly perfect. I mean, this is guy, this guy is like rhymes everything. That's 1-800-848-WABC. Meantime, let's go to Mendez in the Bronx. Your turn to be heard here at WABC, Mendez. Hi, Curtis. This is Hippolito Mendez. We appreciate you. I voted, but I didn't send in the money because I was late. Maybe I will try again. (laughs) Ah, Look, at this rate, you know I'm going to be running in four years. This guy's done a a worse job than Bill de Blasio did. Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. 
Yeah, just want to say uh, about the tonic. Now we have SSS, which is a high potency tonic of iron, vitamin B, vitamin B and supplement. You could take three spoons in one high dose or one spoon like 83 times a day with a meal. And then they have tablets like when you travel. Okay, that's for iron deficiency, which will, when you feel tired, this will make you better. I take it. Ah, now hold on a second. So instead of Geritol, it's called SSS tonic? Yes, but it's not the same. This is new. This has been out. I don't know how long, but it's SSS. It would take the place of Geritol. Are you sure it's not Red Bull? No, it doesn't say Red Bull. It has alcohol 12%. Whoa, 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 whoa. It has alcohol 12%. Wait a minute. Maybe I'm wrong. I'll read it again. Hold on. You better read it right now. Pretty soon (laughs) it'll be uh, Bacardi 150. Yes, alcohol 12%. Oh, my God. That's more alcohol than beer. But it says children could take it, so I don't know what alcohol it has. Oh, my God. Maybe, maybe I don't know, but it says alcohol 12%. Maybe, I don't know, maybe. No wonder why you feel good when you've I had a few sips. <laughs> Do you fill your flask up with uh, the SSS uh-huh. tonic? If I feel what? Uh, your flask, you know, where you can sip it from time to time. Uh, <laughs> yes. And, <laughs> no, but I don't, because you cannot abuse it. It might mess up your stomach. Now, let me ask you a question. If given the <laughs> choice and you're playing dominoes, Mendez, up in the Bronx... <laughs> Mm-hmm. Are you going to have a shot of SSS tonic or Bacardi 150? I don't drink much now. I just take a couple of beers. But I'd rather take the SSS than well, anything Well, look, if you don't drink, you could do what uh, then-Vice mm-hmm. President Joe Biden did at the beer summit that uh-huh. President and President Barack Obama had uh, oh, wow. because of that battle in Cambridge uh, between... Uh, uh, mm. The professor and the uh, lieutenant from the Cambridge Police Department, they had a beer summit. Wow. And uh, Joe Biden does not drink alcohol, so he had Duquesa flat beer. Oh, wow. I used to drink that, but I like the other one better, yeah. Oh, which one do you like better? No, it's a, well, they have one without without sugar. Oh, oh, I, I thought maybe you were a, I thought maybe you were a chafer man. No, well, I do drink Schaefer. I'm yeah, not yeah, Schaefer. Yeah, yeah. Uh, which one? Come on, uh, come on, all Puerto Ricans drink Schaefer, Mendez. Come on. Yeah, I I know, but I I don't I don't prefer not to drink now because I used to I got into so much trouble one time. Oh, you know, I'm trying to fix my son that he I got him in understood. But but when you were growing up, did you prefer Schaefer, Ballantine, or Rheingold? Schaefer. Ah, see, you're Puerto Rican. I, I predicted uh, that. <laughs> it was cheaper. I still is. Of course, Schaefer, Schaefer. <laughs> He still, still is. Mm-hmm. <laughs> All right. I saw well, you. Yeah. Well, I, I appreciate you one time. Yes, mm-hmm. I appreciate that, Mendez. I appreciate uh-huh. that. SSS Tonic has 12% alcohol. That's more alcohol than beer has. No wonder why he feels good. 1-800-848-9222. Let's go to John in Forest Hills. Your turn to be heard here at WABC, John. Hey, how you doing, Curtis? Oh, I'll stop there. I got to say, nice day. See that to you. Listen, I, you, the answer was Michael Jackson as far as hyperbaric oxygen. Yes, yes, he used to sleep in the hyperbaric chamber every night, pure oxygen. Yeah, I want to tell you something. When you refer to this, this character, Eric Adams, I think you should refer to him as the windbag because that's all that's coming out of that man, wind. 
Yeah, I got to tell you, he uh, is incredible. In five weeks, he has maybe three, four press conferences a day. He said he would be the law and order mayor. All he's been is the no law and disorder mayor because crime is just skyrocketing everywhere. You better believe it. I voted for you, unfortunately. You know, uh, I guess you didn't have enough money to, to back up that whole campaign. But uh, Well, actually, in, in your area, Forest Hills, uh, which is predominantly Democrat, liberal, uh, progressives, I got one out of three votes. I did relatively well. I won nearby in uh, Middle Village, Glendale, Maspeth, those areas. I won the Asian uh, vote. Uh, but Howard I, Beach, too, I, I imagine, because Howard, uh, I've seen signs up for you at Howard Beach. Yeah, Howard Beach, uh, Broad Channel, uh, Breezy Point, the Rockaways, Neponset. I mean, I even had signs in Howard Beach on the front lawns of guys who tried to whack me back in the 90s. <laughs> yeah. I mean, that's a pretty good turnaround. Guys who were united in killing me in the 90s were aligned to vote for me in 2021. Are you ever going to write a book about yourself? Because it would be very interesting. Well, John, I'm going to first start with a matchbook, then work my way up to a comic book, and then eventually uh, a, a hardback. Yeah, I think, I, I think it's time, John. I think it's time. I mean, Sid Rosenberg could write a book, right? Well, maybe, maybe a matchbook first, comic book, coloring book. Got to do a coloring book, too. I mean, for kids, you know, coloring book, very important. 1-800-848-9222. Let's go to Ronald, uh, who's calling from New Jersey. Your turn to be heard here at WABC, Ronald. (sighs) Ronald. Man, your breath stinks, man. You need to brush your teeth. Oh, my God. I thought my breath stunk. Whew. Nasty, man. You need you need to flush and brush your teeth and use a little bit of Listerine. And that has a percentage of alcohol, too, man. Those, uh, those alcoholics, they love to drink Listerine. That'll eat your stomach lining out. 1-800-848-9222. Let's go to uh, our mayor, Mr. Uh, I-know-everything-about-food. I'm Chef Ramsey Adams at your pleasure. That food has life. Do me a favor. Hand me that cucumber for a moment so people can see. This This is life. And when you get food like this out, Mercy Center, you are saying to the people of this community... We love you and we respect you. You deserve what they have downtown. They're not giving canned meat on the Upper East Side. They have some of the best food. So why can't you have some of the best food? Now, <laughs> my youngest son, Hunter, loves spam. He cooks spam with eggs. My son, my son's 10 years old, Hunter. When I traveled the country organizing guardian angel chapters in the Deep South, I went from Louisiana to Texas to New Mexico, Arizona, and then California. We survived on the armor potted meat 
That is the nastiest you would ever. I mean, you you pop that armored potted meat. It's a spread, a meat spread. You got to hold your nose while you're eating it on those saltine crackers. Boy, that's a that's a budget busting uh, uh, meal. The hell is Eric Adams talking about? You want to bet you could go to a diner on the Upper East Side and there are guys who are ordering Spam with eggs. He acts as if the only people who would eat Spam are poor people. You couldn't be more hopelessly wrong. 1-800-848-9222. That's 1-800-848-WABC. Let's go to Bob in New Brunswick. Your turn to be heard here at WABC, Bob. Hey, Curtis. I was listening to your, your buddy, Frank Morano, and there was a question posed... Who would be the top four um, radio hosts that he would listen to? And he named you number two. Wait and, a second. Uh, who, who, did also, he, who did he name number one? Uh, I can't remember that one there, but I know the uh, the guy who owns ABC was number four. And uh, you were number two. And he's saying, you know, he, he learned a lot from you. and You're an inspiration, even though you guys don't say that to each other. So I thought it was pretty cool that he uh, pops you up like that. Bottom line, you deserved it. Yeah, but let me tell you something. He's doing that because Uh, he knows that every 4 o'clock in the morning when uh, it's my turn to do the other side of midnight, I don't do that fake, phony, fraudulent, you know, in 60 seconds you give 10 answers. I mean, there are more. I want to say, Curtis, can I say one last thing? Of course, Bob. I like your your theme song better. His was a a little bit better than a garage, garage band. But yours is much more hip- hypnotic and flows really nice. Yeah, well, well, let's uh, see if we can uh, play that right now. Uh, Izzy, I want you to play what was the David Crosby May theme song, The Other Side of Midnight, David Crosby, the bad boy of Crosby, Stills, Nash & Young. Uh, number 35, he uh, made a special opening for my weekend form of The Other Side of Midnight if you listen to Frank Morano's, it sounds like uh, it came from uh, a garage band, you know, maybe a junior high school band, you know, amateur hour, Ted Mack in the amateur hour. It's just slow budget. And Frank plays it over and over. It's... All right, Curtis, have a good one, man. All right, well, well I'm, uh, I'm going to play it here. You should be able to find it. It's 35, the other side of midnight there. Come on. Look at this. You're counting it down. It's 35. They're listed all in order. One, two, three, four, five, six, to 35. 35. On the, the music. The music sheet. Yeah, the music sheet. The music, man. You know, that's it. So good. You see, uh, David Crosby reached out to me of Crosby, Stills, Nash & Young, because as you know, uh, I uh, offered support to Neil Young, who uh, challenged Spotify by removing his playlist because of Joe Rogan. And apparently at this point, it's, uh, well, it hasn't been determined yet who's winning that battle, but the entire Crosby, Stills, Nash & Young group Decided to side against Joe Rogan, who was first Neil Young, 
then it was Joni Mitchell who pretty much had a relationship with everybody in Crosby, Stills, Nash & Young, but not uh, Stephen Stills. Uh, then it was uh, Bad Boy David Crosby who pulled his list. Graham Nash pulled his list. Stephen Stills pulled his list. Joni Mitchell pulled her list. And boy, that put uh, Joe Rogan right on the ropes. Tell me this isn't a better song, right, is he? This is the better one. Right? A professional. This is fun. Oh, 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 oh. Yeah. From so high above. Yeah. Excellent, excellent, excellent. Anyway, let's go to the phones. It's uh, Karen calling from Rockland. Your turn to be heard here at WABC, Karen. Hello. How are you? I'm your good... Oh, I'm sorry that I uh, said that. Hold on a second, Karen. We got to correct you. Even though you caught yourself. Let me remind all of you I was away in Florida, but that still doesn't mean you get to break the rules of caller etiquette. There are three rules and regulations. Uh, the first is never ask me how I'm doing because, you know, my knee-jerk reaction is, I've had better days. Uh, never say, oh, thank you for taking my call. I've just been soliciting for calls since the start of the program at 1 a.m. I should be thanking you, and I don't know who you are when I take your call. And lastly, don't ever use that hackneyed expression, hey, first-time call, a long-time listener. You're full of kia down. Uh Kabish, Kabish, Karen. I just slapped myself on the wrist. Okay, that's good. That's good. All right. right. Hopefully there's no stigmata from that. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Uh, As far as uh, Eric Adams, he should have a a program called Plant-Based Foods and the Main Ingredient is Marijuana. Because he he seems to like his dope. (laughs) Yeah, not only that. Remember when he was on the late night show on CBS – I forget which Gazuni host said. He, he was talking. He brought him. He claimed uh, it was marijuana. Uh, uh-huh. It was obviously probably oregano. Uh, Stephen Colbert. That's right. Stephen Colbert. Oh, he, yeah. he gave him a bag of what he said was marijuana because he said, oh, you know, recreational marijuana is legal here. It's not legal here yet. Uh, but I'm pretty sure... When he was selling nickel and dime bags uh, in Jamaica, he was probably stiffing people by selling them oregano. So he figures, here's a dopey white boy from New Jersey, Stephen Colbert. I'll sell him oregano as a nickel or dime bag. <laughs> hey, hey, and remember, remember, have you have you seen the the mandatory cafeteria food on Fridays? You know, it's Meatless Monday in the public school cafeterias, and it's Vegan Friday. You would have to smoke a joint and get the munchies in order to eat that crap. <laughs> I taught in school for 40 years. So I know what the oh, food was did. like in the school cafeteria. Karen, explain that. Explain that to me because I can never quite understand the blue-haired matrons. You know, they had menus for each day, but like on Fridays was pizza day, so they would have the generic Thomas English muffin. They'd have a slice of government yellow brick cheese and well, then that they, sounds like Domino Pizza. Right, and then they put Hunt's, Hunt's tomato ketchup uh, on the top, and then they would nuke it, you know, in a microwave, and they tell you that was pizza. <laughs> All I know is when the kids wanted, like, seconds 
They were never given seconds, but these school cafeteria workers would walk out with bags full of stuff to their cars. I said, no wonder why you're not giving the kids second, you know. I said, the food is for them, not for you. I mean, they would be walking out with bags and bags of food. I said, man. Yeah, no, 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 that that, that makes sense. You know there's little, if any, supervision in the cafeteria, Karen. (laughs) I mean, whatever comes in the front door goes out the back door, and I'm not talking about in a garbage bag, uh, in order to be picked up by the sanitation department. <laughs> and I knew, I knew that answer, Geritol. I just didn't get to you in time. Ah, now, Karen, did you ever swig Geritol yourself? Did you ever have a habit of swigging Geritol? No, but when I was up in Canada years ago, we, uh, my friend and I, we would buy cough medicine, and we would get high on it. And then one day we looked at the label. It was 80% proof. Cough syrup. Wow. Canada. So the just like their beer, you know, their beer up there, Labatt's uh, uh-huh. and Molson has more alcohol content than the American beers. Isn't that amazing? Cough syrup. So yeah. like Romelar had more alcohol content up in Canada than it does in the United States. So we you know, we were wondering why the uh, you know why the cough medicine was working so good on us and. I just happened to look at the label one day, 80%, I couldn't believe it, 80% proof. <laughs> you go down to Houston. Give me more of that stuff. Give me more of that Right, stuff. right, of course. You go down to Houston, they, they call it uh, slow fizz. They have like <laughs> Romolaw. They toast one another with Romolaw, and they get stoned to the bone. <laughs> well, it was a slow fizz because it worked. <laughs> yes. Now, Karen, uh, have you ever contemplating leaving Bucolic Rockland County and heading down uh, along uh, Tobacco Highway, uh, Old Tobacco Highway to uh, Florida? Uh, I know people that live in Florida that love it there, but uh, I don't know. I mean, my friend, my uh, friend has a house right on the Hudson River, which is, uh, uh, you know, it's nice. Now, now, when you when you say your friend, is this your boyfriend? Your amour? Your uh, oh, it is. Ah. Yeah, I have to say, more Valentine's Day is coming up on oh. Monday. <laughs> Thank you for reminding me. I would have been in double trouble with my wife Nancy. See, and the cats too. Yeah, well, no, the cats uh, claim there's one cat I have who's the matriarch, Athena. She's a Norwegian uh, forest cat uh, that we rescued. Uh, in the streets. I don't know how she got in the streets of uh, Sunset Park, but we rescued her there. And she claims she's my part-time Valentine, which causes my wife to go absolutely nuts, to think that Athena is my part-time Valentine. <laughs> Two, three weeks in a row, I've been trying to contact your wife to ask her about this calico cat that I have and I can never get through, so... I'll try tomorrow night again. Well, well, that's, uh, as you know, uh, Sunday going into Monday, 12 midnight to 1, uh, where I finish I my weekend spiel of about 22 straight hours, always broadcasting, Curtis. Is the most listened to that hour, 12 uh, midnight to 1, before I pass it I off know, to... I know, I can never get through. Yeah, no, it's uh, the most calls, the most listened to, because it's animal welfare. We discuss all kinds of animal issues. It's called Curtis's Ark, like Noah's Ark. Uh, and naturally, my wife is the uh, uh, the preeminent expert uh, on rescuing animals. Was she familiar, was she aware of that? Uh, you know, the horse won the Kentucky Derby that died of uh, what was that blood? Um, yeah, that was uh, uh, blood doping, like Lance Armstrong did. Doping. That was the uh, winner of the Kentucky Derby in twenty twenty one. That was a shame. 
uh, we abused animals. Did, did she know about that, uh, yes. your wife? Yeah, we had a discussion oh, about that. Uh, Medina Sprint, uh, who was the same thing that Lance Armstrong did to him and his team members uh, in the um, Tour, Tour de France. Uh, they were the USPS uh, team. Imagine yeah, it. it was paid for by the United States Postal Service. How stupid was that? They're like ready to go bankrupt. <laughs> And they're sponsoring, you know, uh, speed racing, uh, bicycle racing in the Tour de France. Uh, but the same kind of blood doping that Lance Armstrong was doing to himself and his teammates, this Bob Baffert did to his horse, and it caused him, uh, when he was on the track uh, practicing, to collapse and die. Is there anything going to happen to that coach? Probably not. Well, you know, the, the, the owners like the owners of the Thoroughbred say, love this guy, but he's in trouble right now. There's no doubt about it. He's in trouble. And I can't, I can't believe Eric Adams. I mean, he's talking about cooking his stuff with all the stuff that's going around in New York. Crime and, uh, oh, God. I'm, I, I don't get these politics yeah, he, at all, uh, any he, of them. He's like Chef Ramsey. Maybe he wants a job, you know, on uh, Channel 5, Chef Ramsey, so, so he can him, yell at people. So let him get that job, and then you can become mayor. <laughs> yep. Yeah, well, look, uh, at this rate, I mean, he's had the worst five weeks of any mayor, any mayor, including de Blasio, and believe it or not, his mentor, David Dinkins. Nobody has had this bad a start. Nobody. I know. That, that's hard to believe. <laughs> well, li- li- listen listen to this one. He goes, I must get New Yorkers to eat. I got to get New Yorkers to eat a plant-based scented light. Yeah, with marijuana. Yeah, exactly. So they they roll up they roll up fatties joints. You know, he could say, "Hey, you know, when I was a kid, I was stringing uh, nickel and dime bags out there. I was selling, you know, it was uh, oregano, oregano. Now it's the real deal." It's like fact. All they want to do is be on TV and you know, radio. Just you know, talk, talk, just talk, and no action. That's you know, a lot of the problem with the politicians today. They're into themselves. They don't give a damn about the citizens. And they just talk, 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 talk. Oh, yeah. There's no doubt about that. Now, uh, have you ever in your entire life ever indulged in marijuana? No. Not at all? Nope. (laughs) I tried uh, cigarette smoking one time down on 14th Street near Klein's. Yes. And I I had smoke coming out of my... All my orifices, my ears, my nose, my mess. I said, I don't look too cool. So now, have you my- have you ever been to the coffee shops in Nyack? Yeah. Ah, now you know they are very liberal, very progressive. Uh, they are lo- sort of I like. Haven't eaten it. I haven't eaten in Nyack in, in years because I don't like the parking down there. Well, I always used to get a parking well, ticket down there. Did you ever have brownies there when you did eat? No. Because they have some wicked hash brownies there. <laughs> oh, yeah. They're like uh, quasi, quasi-hippies, uh, beatniks there in Nyack. <laughs> I'm telling you, it's it's one of the most liberal, progressive areas I've ever been in. A lot of cabarets, a lot of clubs, a lot of bars, a lot of art galleries, very artsy-fartsy. Yeah, like Piermont. Yeah. Oh, okay. Nike has horrible parking, though. Oh, of course. I, I haven't gone there in years. <laughs> and you might as well. You might as well take a kayak uh, up from your boyfriend's uh, house there on the Hudson River uh, when you go to Nyack. I'd rather go up to uh, Kingston and Newburgh. 
Oh, oh yeah, that, Newburgh, that's the Camden on the Hudson. So you go down Broadway. You're going to the restaurants and the bars on the Hudson River, right? Mm-hmm. But yep. you got you got to go down Broadway first and pass every Sitco gas station while they're doing drive-by <laughs> sh- shootings against one another. No, thank you. I'll pass on that. And Kingston, the original capital of New York Kingston, State. Yeah, that's a beautiful city. Yeah, I know. But now you know why they moved the capital to Albany. 1-800-848-WABC. Uh, let's go to Jim, who's calling from upstate New York. Your turn to be heard here at WABC, Jimmy. Hey, Curtis. Love the show. Hey, you, Curtis, you're living in the wrong part of New York. I bought a farm upstate New York. It's like a different country up there. Wow. Where is that? Uh, it's called, a little town called Afton. It's about a half hour east of Binghamton. Um, it was a dairy corn farm. And, uh, yeah, I bought it about six months ago. I'm a Jersey guy. I used to actually own a pizza place in Newark, believe it or not. You want to talk about dangerous? Wait, wait, wait. Say, you owned a pizza shop in Newark. Which part of Newark? Uh, right on Halsey Street by the Board of Ed building. Wow. How, how, one block over, one block over from Broad. How difficult was that? It was tough. It was a you had the businesses were open. You know, it was like a street in Manhattan in the daytime. But when they closed, it was like the Wild West because the projects were two blocks away. Sure. You didn't want to be there. It was like when it was like in the Old West when the outlaws were coming to town and everyone shutting their shutters. When it got dark, you left. I, I I had a big black guy who worked for me, a Muslim guy, believe it or not, really good guy who had my back, but he was like a bouncer. And I didn't have too many problems there, you know what I mean? But the year I owned my pizza place, 16 mailmen got robbed in Newark. That's how people don't realize. They think, you know, all the Bronx. Newark is dangerous. Oh, very, very much so. You go uh, through Central Ward, uh, Springfield Avenue. You go to South Orange Avenue. You need a bulletproof body condom. Right. I used to work in the trade show industry, too, in Manhattan and in the trucking side. I met you one time doing trade shows. That you were you were in the Sheraton, uh, in the uh, lobby of the Sheraton. We were doing a show at the uh, Hilton. But I used to go through Harlem all the time. I never had a problem in Harlem. I'd get out of my truck 3 o'clock in the morning and go get fried chicken in a fried chicken place, uh, you know, a bulletproof glass. Never had a problem. No work, you better be careful. Now, question, uh, you decided to leave uh, New Jersey and head up outside of Binghamton uh, to an old cow farm. Did you bring the Jersey cows up with you? No, no. Actually, my, my house is more like a zoo. We're like you. We got eight cats, iguanas, tortoises, rabbits. I was actually thinking about turning into like a, a pony ride and petting zoo up there for you know like uh, disadvantaged kids doing school trips up there. Turn it into something like that. I actually own a diner too up on Seventeen. It's closed right now. We're gonna redo it. Remember the old, remember the old um, Red Apple up by Tuxedo on Old Seventeen back in the day when it was open and busy. Yes, yes. Remember how busy that was. That, the owner's daughter wrote a good book. Meet me at the Red Apple. It was a Jewish immigrant uh, opened that back in 1938, and uh, they, he had a 50-year run there. But when he died, his kids had their own careers. They didn't continue it, and someone took it over, and it just, it's ramshackled now. But I, when I was a little kid, my parents used to take us upstate New York to you know, Lake George and all that. I was more excited about stopping at the Red Apple than I was about going upstate. Wow, maybe uh, John Katsimatidis can revive that uh, because, remember, his uh, his company is called Red Apple Media. 
Yeah, I love I love John Katzmatidi's story. I love the what he did to WABC Radio. You know, I, I, I he did a real good job there. Yeah, wow. and I, I, his show is one of my favorite shows, The Cats at Night. Well, that's that's great, but I'm telling you, what a story to go from a pizza parlor in Newark, two blocks off of Broad Street, right? Yep. Uh, and what time would you be open to at night? Not sure yet. You know what I mean? I bought it, it was a diner, and it's still a diner, but it closed. The state was going to take that intersection out because it was two intersections up there, Parksville and there. And they decided not to take it out. Some crazy Egyptian guy bought it from Jersey City, and I ended up buying it off of him. Um, I could make I could make a decent profit if I flip it to like a Dunkin' Donuts or something like that. But I'm not sure if I'm gonna. I, I think I'm gonna open it. I, I love that whole you know old school hot dog Nathan's Callahan's. I actually own a grill that was used in the episode of The Honeymooners. I bought off a prop company that from down in the city. If, you, if there's an episode of The Honeymooners where Norton and Ralph open up a hot dog stand and there's a grill in there it says frankfurters on it i bought that grill that i have wow you're, you're like a, a budding entrepreneur here uh, i'm 57 years old curtis i got seven grandkids i might sound younger but i've been an entrepreneur since i'm about 12 <laughs> what, what was the first uh job or the first idea you had to make money the first job i ever had was was uh, drying cars at a car wash when i was about 13 and then I, I used to work at a fiberglass plant when I was 50, 15, drilling holes and grinding tanks at 15 years old. I was a busboy. Um, you name it, I did it as a kid. Pumped gas, sold cars, worked for UPS. I was a union crane operator, uh, teamster, truck driver. I owned trucks. I used, to, I used to own trucks and pull supermarket loads into the city and hand unload. You ever see when they hand unload the rollers into fine fares sure. in Sea Town? Sure. I used to have straight jobs. I used to deliver into the city. We'd have 35, 40 stops all over Manhattan. I'd be in Harlem 7 o'clock at night delivering absolute vodka to liquor stores. Never had a problem with getting robbed. Ever, ever, ever. That's amazing. I mean? That's amazing. Uh, John Katsimatidis, uh, when his uh, parents came over from Greece, uh, his father had a job. He, was, he started as a busboy in a restaurant. I believe it. Well, you know what? They had the immigrant work ethic, Curtis. Immigrants come here, and they see the opportunity, and they're happy to work. They're ha- they'll work day and night. And then you get the person who's fourth, fifth generation here. Oh, look, the government gives them everything. No. They come here, and they work because they came from a place where there's no opportunity. Do they see the opportunity here, and they, they consider work a blessing? Like upstate, you got the Amish, right? The Amish and the Mennonites. Sure. You never see, too, you never see any poor ones. You know why? To them, work is a blessing. Or they were, all their kids work. They, you know, they, they work is a blessing. They're, I know some Mennonites upstate New York, and they're all successful businessmen, and they're very hard workers. Oh yeah, every one of their churches is called a friendship church. It doesn't matter where the church is. Uh, it's a Mennonite church. No, it's a friendship church. Uh, where were you born and raised? Jersey City, Curtis. Jersey Hague Hospital. Yep. yep. What high school did you go to? I grew up in Woodbridge. Mm. I went to Woodbridge High School. But my mother, my mother's from Hell's Kitchen. My father's from Jersey City. My grandfather actually, his, my grandfather's father actually owned a barber shop in Hoboken. He used to cut Frank Sinatra's hair when he was a little boy. True story. Wow. Wow, boy. You have been a budding entrepreneur, a workaholic since you were 13 years old. 
Curtis, I'm going to track a trailer right now heading down to Newark to bring a load over to uh, Allentown. Plus, I buy and sell equipment. I, I have a 5,000-square-foot shop. I buy and sell restaurant equipment, cars, trucks. You know, I go seven days a week. To me, there'll be no retirement. I go nonstop. Well, you believe in my philosophy. There'll be plenty of time to sleep when you're dead because that's all you that's do. It. You know what? I know 80-year-old guys still active and working. You know what I mean? Yeah. As far as, the, you know, as far as, you know, diet with this Eric Adams, he's just, he's like homie the clown when I hear him. It's, and it's not a racist thing. You know, I'm, I have friends of every, every race, color, creed, you name it. And, um, He's just, he's just, you ever see someone who's trying to, trying so hard to impress you that they're intelligent and they're not, and everything's race, 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 you know what I mean? It's, it's, uh, you know, you know what, Curtis, what I learned to do is create my own world. I bought a farm up there, the little town's like Mayberry. Now, I feel like an alien, a Jersey guy who grew up, you know, nightclubs and tanning salons. I live up there, you know, with farmers and loggers and this and that. But I created my own world with businesses and where I live. And, yeah, I still got to deal with the outside world. But you know what? I have a strong faith in God that everything's always going to be okay. I should have been dead 100 times over, and he kept me around for a reason. You know what I mean? And every 100, every 100 years, all new people, no one gets to stay. So I'm not about being rich. I'm about doing good, taking care of my family, and being grateful. If you're grateful, you'll always be happy. You know what I mean? Absolutely. Can't say it any better than that. This guy uh, meets the classic definition of a hustler. He hustles for money the hard way, the right way, the legal way. And he's happy working seven days a week. All these jobs, all these, call them side hustles that he has. That's the American dream. And now he has an old cow farm outside of Binghamton. He's not going to Florida. <laughs> he's got, he's rooted in. 1-800-848-9222. That's 1-800-848-WABC. Uh, let's go if we can to uh, Lopez in the South Bronx. Your turn to be heard here at WABC. Lopez. That's the American dream. And now he has a Hello. Hello. You got to turn your radio off. Okay. Yeah, yeah, you're getting the reverb. Let's go if we Turn it down. Turn it down. Yeah, got it. All right, you got it. You got it. Huh? You got it. All right, you got it. Go, go for it. Hey, hey, I can speak. Of course, of course. Oh, speak. Well, we're online. Hey, hey, uh, hey, um, uh, Mr. Curtis. This is uh, again, Specialist Lopez, the United States Army, and New York State National Guard retired at your service uh, from Mount Eden, um, where I remember you from. And I want to say that uh, you're a top of the line, and and I always remember you. I I'll never forget you. And uh, uh, I want to say that uh, a lot of people are alive because of you. Well, you know what Sunday is. Sunday is, uh, Lopez, uh, 43rd anniversary of the Guardian Angels. And in honor of you, Lopez, and all Boricuas, 
Uh, yeah. We're going we're gonna to give you a little tune right here. We're going to give you a little tune. All right. Uh, the majority of the guardian angels when I first started out were Puerto Ricanio. Then we have blacks, Asians, whites. It was a perfect mix. But we're going to be celebrating on Sunday at 12 noon, our 43rd anniversary. Started in the Bronx when I was a night manager at Mickey D's on Fordham and Webster off Marion. Patrolling the number four train, the Muggers Express. There weren't any cops. We got arrested by uh, the police. The unions were against us. Ed Koch was uh, against us. And in the first 13 years, I got locked up 76 times. Until Rudy Giuliani was elected mayor and gave this city a badly needed colonic in 1993. And then he called off all the harassment that we were getting. We haven't had a problem since. And I watched Rudy, who I campaigned for, take this city back from being the murder capital of the world, the crime capital of the world, to the safest big city in the world. And Eric Adams has said he'll meet with anybody that might be able to help him put together a plan so that the city can resurrect itself. He's met with every Tom, Dick, Harry, and Sally, including Andrew Evilize Cuomo, King Cuomo II, the son of Mario Fachapruta Cuomo. But he doesn't have time to meet with Rudy Giuliani, the architect of the resurrection, turning New York City into the safest big city in America. That's a double ufa, double ufa. That's in honor of uh, Lopez here in the South Bronx and all the Borriqueños who made up the initial uh, majority of Guardian Angels. We went on to establish Guardian Angels in San Juan, Puerto Rico. So Dominicans, Puerto Ricans, Mexicans, El Salvadorians, Guatemalans, Hondurans. We got them all. Got them all. White, black, Hispanic, Asian males, females, gays, lesbians, transgenders, you name it. In 13 countries and 130 cities, 5,000 guardian angels all over the world. And we'll be celebrating our 43rd anniversary on Sunday, 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 Sunday. Well, let's go to Chris, who's calling from New Jersey. Your turn to be heard here at WABC, Chris. Oh, Mayor Sliwa, how are you, sir? Oh, thank you. Um, that sounds good, Mayor Sliwa. i do be doing a much better job than this guy in the first five weeks, that's for sure. Oofa, oofa. I'm just glad I'm across the river in um, uh, Murphyville. So uh, <laughs> I have my own problems over here across the river. But um, now, have you gotten any retrib- uh, any kind of uh, uh, award or anything for those ratings with uh, Frank? No, no. Uh, Frank has cut me off. Uh, he has uh, achieved the highest ratings ever. Uh in the overnights, uh, more than Art Bell ever got, that Looney Kazuni from Parts Unknown, more than Alan B. Combs got when he did overnights at WABC. But he's trying to say that the ratings only cover from Monday through Friday and not Saturday and Sunday. And you know that can't be true, Chris. I do not believe that one bit because I used to listen to the other Huckleberry was that was on before and... I got tired of that, so I actually turned it off. You came on, and I've been listening since, so I do not believe that to be true. But you see, Frank is a welcher in all different ways. 
<laughs> so here it is. You would think he would say, okay, I broadcast 20 hours a week, meaning Frank, one to five, Monday through Fridays. I do the bulk of the other side of midnight. And Curtis comes on and does the weekend version of the other side of midnight. He does 11 hours. So that's one third. So I have I have contributed one third of his rating and he insists that's not true, Chris. No, do not believe it. Do yeah, believe yeah, it. no, and he perpetuates that, and he says it on its program. He says it on his social networking. He even told the suits, the mockers, the muckety mucks here at WABC. <laughs> he said, "That's my number. I'm not. I'm not giving credit to Curtis." I said, "Well, you became the number one overnight host of all time only after." I began doing the weekend version of The Other Side of Midnight. Right, Chris? Uh, listen, you went away to run for your campaign, and you didn't have those numbers before. Now you've come back. How could that be? Yeah. Yeah, so it, make it a point. I need everybody out there to listen to Frank if they can, all four hours, Monday through Friday, a total of 20 hours, to rat him out to me, to let me know exactly oh, yeah. what he's saying, because he's backdooring me. You know, he says nice things at times, you know, so that all of a sudden I won't listen. And then he stabs me right in the back with a shiv. Oh, total. And listen, maybe you need to uh, go over there, have a uh, ping pong tournament with him. Oh, he always talks about playing ping pong, right? What what has he got? Red Chinese blood in him? I wouldn't trust I don't trust anybody who plays ping pong. That's the yeah. red Chinese Forrest sport. That's their sport. Forrest Gump. You gotta call him Forrest Gump. That's right, Frank Morano, the Forrest Gump of WABC. Check this out. No one knows New York better. The founder of the Guardian Angels, Curtis Lewa. And you can't compete against that. On 77 WABC. Holly came from Miami, FLA. Hitchhiked away across USA. Plucked her eyebrows on the way, shaved her legs, and then he was a she. She says, hey, babe, take a walk on the wild side. Said, hey, honey, take a walk on the wild side. Lou Reed, Lower East Side, take a walk on the wild side. He had a song called Heroin. Because this guy was a stone-cold dope fiend with the needle right in his arm. And uh, we played this song because Mayor Eric Adams, when playing his role as Chef Ramsay, while the city is in a crime crisis, uh, every precinct uh, talking about an increase in crime, only a little sliver of Central Park hasn't had an increase in crime. And he decided to spend the day cooking vegan, vegetarian dishes, even though it turned out he was not a vegan because he's eating fish. He says, well, imperfect, Eric. You know, the guy's always an enigma. He says one thing, and it's obvious uh, uh, it's another thing. But he made the most ridiculous statement that I thought the media would blow up. In uh, preparing uh, a meal, he said, you know, when you eat cheese, because vegans don't eat cheese, but he's no vegan. He said, eating cheese 
is worse for you than if you were shooting heroin. You imagine this, you're strapping up your arm with a, with a belt. You're chipping away with the hypodermic heroin into your vein. You're becoming a dope fiend. And Eric Adams said it would be worse if you were eating cheese. And wait, and now his big issue uh, is not a lead-free Friday. You know, be nice, lead-free Friday. Nobody gets shot on Friday in the schools. No, his vegan Friday. I love healthy food and I love life and our children should not continually be fed of food that's causing their health care crisis. Childhood obesity, childhood diabetes, uh, asthma. Uh, there's a real correlation to what we serve in the Department of Education every day and what is being served in our hospitals, our jails. We should not be feeding the crises and we're going to allow the children to have the option of tasting some good tasting healthy food. And you know what? They ask for this. They are tired of the food that they are being fed uh, in their schools and they want healthy options. (laughs) They ask for vegan food. Are you crazy? It's all you can get on Fridays is vegan food. Uh, And they're going to be throwing it in the garbage can. That's all they're going to be doing. Uh, You can make it an option. You don't make it mandatory. Like meatless Monday, dumb. Vegan Friday, dumb. How about uh, lead-free Friday, lead-free Monday, focus on law and order crime. That's what you got elected to do, and you've done Jack Diddley squat in five weeks. Let's go to Anthony in the Bronx. Your turn to be heard here at WABC. Anthony. Hey, good morning, Curtis. How are you? So I just wanted to uh, share something with you. Uh, I used to be a NYPD lieutenant. and I understand what's going on, uh, you know, in the school in, in the stores uh, that John Castamides owns, and amongst these other uh, stores, CVS, uh, uh, Dwayne Reed, and everything with the stealing and filling up the bags and leaving. But the uh, the NYPD has a program called uh, uh, Pay Detail, and they hire off-duty officers to work in their uniforms. And, you know, you get a professional trained officers to work at these areas. I may be interested in that. I don't know if you want to relay it back. Well, yeah, no, no. We'll take your information. Uh, oh, that's good. Okay. So uh, uh, get our information uh, from Anthony. Right. I'm familiar with the program. I've seen oh, okay. uniform yeah. police officers, NYPD uniforms, right. uh, obviously carrying weapons, uh, yeah. working that as a second job. Right, uh, that's exactly. good. That's good. Uh, yeah, but uh, stadium, you saw them outside when you were there. Uh, sure, sure. Working when you were there during the summer campaigning. Yeah, yeah. And, and you know, yeah, when I right. was there afterwards, I walked around the neighborhood, and guess who started following me? Oh, really? Yeah, a guy named Hawk Newsom, the head of Black Lives Matter, New York. He lives oh. up in the Bronx. Drives yeah. a Cadillac Escalade, brand new, of all course. tricked out. Yeah, of course. He had his bullhorn going after me. We're racist. Let's drive this white boy out of here, this crackhead. Meantime, everyone's coming up to me. Hey, Curtis, Curtis. He's going, hey, don't you know that that guy is Satan? That guy is the devil? Yeah. Ignore him. But we'll get get Anthony's information and I'll pass it on to uh, John Katsimatidis. Uh, We'll be talking about this problem tomorrow. Same time, same place. York's talk station with the king of New York, Curtis Lewa, 77 WABC. Every time. 
Somebody like Frank Morano, who presides over the other side of midnight, Monday through Fridays, would know who this singer is, would know this song? Of course not. Frank Morano is the uh, president of the uh, Al Josen Society. He loves uh, Eddie Cantor, and he plays Rudy Valley. Brother, can you spare a dime? I don't know how old Frank Morano is. When you look at his Facebook posting, he's got a picture of his graduation from Tottenville High School, South Shore, Staten Island. He's a purple uh, pirate. But we have no idea how old he is. But he acts like an old guy. Like he's an old man. Like he's 85 or older. He's a real curmudgeon. A real contrarian. And he's got a lot of bad habits. And the bad habits that he has is that he uh, takes uh, shots at me. He claims inadvertently he really didn't mean it, but he really does. He really does. So uh, even though I was in Florida, I had such a good time listening to some of his listeners take shots at Frank Morano in the wee hours of the morning of one of his uh, The Other Side of Midnight's. In fact, if we can, uh, let's listen. Let's listen to a few of them. I, at first, I'm a good sport. I should mention that right now. You know, I'm a good sport. I didn't take your comments. You know, I took it to the chin. Good. But over the weekend, I decided to write a few things down. Oh, boy. So here's what I had to say. I said, good morrow, Frank. Now, I unfortunately won't be here in this morning. We said that. I admit that just the other day, I was worried that a cup of water would splash you after someone carelessly left it on one of the tables in the studio. But... Had I known what was about to transpire that day, I would have wished that it had splashed all over you so that you could have done the show wet. Now, And now I am patiently waiting for the day that Prometheus's family invades the studio and freezes you in carbonite like Han Solo. <laughs> He's our alien for people that don't know. <laughs> Uh, now, now, knowing that you are a big Star Trek fan would make this all the better because denying you the satisfaction of going out in a Trekkie way would be perfect. <laughs> but... In all sincerity, I have no hard feelings for that remark. As they say, insults are the highest form of flattery. And it is always a pleasure, of course, to work with you and the other side of Midnight Team, because I always wondered what it would be like to work with somebody who sounded like George Costanza with Maxwell oh! Sheffield's hair. <laughs> and now I know. Uh now you see, uh, he was ripping off the King of Talk Radio, Bob Grant. This was the... Uh, program that Bob Grant created, Get at Bob, once a month, 
on WABC. Uh, he was the number one talk show host in the nation. Uh, and so Frank, in typical form, tries to recycle what other people do, except he doesn't do it as well. If you notice, he's laughing during that. He's not taking it. Bob Grant would just sit and listen. He wouldn't laugh. He wouldn't holler. He wouldn't scream. That's the whole idea. You take it by keeping your mouth shut. That's why Frank has not yet approached, you know, being number one, second to none. He's not top shelf five star yet. He, here it is. He rips off. He rips off the king of talk radio, Bob Grant, my mentor, the guy who gave me an opportunity here at WABC 31 years ago. And he doesn't even get it right. Our number is 1-800-848-9222. That's 1-800-848-WABC. Now let's listen to another guy. Another guy take a, a rip at Frank. And again, he doesn't do it the way it was meant to be by the king of talk radio, Frank, excuse me, uh, Bob Grant. Evelyn Hurley comments, Frank, you're asking for trouble. Don't let Curtis Lee will call in. I'll be listening and hope not cringing. Speaking of Curtis, almost all of his show on Saturday was getting callers that were doing the Get at Frank Hour. Now, can you believe that? Can you believe that? I critique it and notice right away he takes umbrage. He's very sensitive. He doesn't take constructive criticism very well. He's pretentious. He's omnipotent. He's obstinate. He thinks he knows it all. He walks around here saying, I got the best ratings ever in overnights. Won't give me credit for my two uh, two mornings of the other side of midnight. I'm a third of that. Nothing, nothing, nothing. Our number is 1-800-848-9222. That's 1-800-848-WABC. Let me give you uh, another sample. I called up your friend Frank, and he said, uh, oh, it's open question night. Okay, fine. So I said, uh, who was the only president who died of cirrhosis of the liver? He says, "Mm." I said, uh, President Polk. He said, ah, I didn't ask for trivia questions. They go nowhere. So I know you always quote that phrase that he says, but he could have spoken about Polk, about the Mexican war and how he screwed things up, you know? Wow. So Um, he he got real ornery. Yeah. You know what? He got ornery and he had said it before. He got very little sleep. Why doesn't he just hire a nurse to take care of the kid so his wife can sleep instead of him going to Atlantic City all those times? He could have saved money with all the drinks. He told one time he had 14 drinks in a day. Oh, my God. I mean, he he was risking uh, suffering from alcohol poisoning. Something like that. You could, although he would have a very, might I say, spirited debate about that. <laughs> Fourteen dry martinis in one day alone in Atlantic City. Fourteen. That qualifies him as a lush. And you heard our caller. He nailed him on it. But, you know, Frank Morano, get it, Frank. It's not really get it, Frank. You know, it's a setup. It's not worthy of Bob Grant, the king of talk radio. 
the guy who paved the way for young huckleberries like Frank Morano and others to make their own bones in talk radio. Our number is 1-800-848-9222. That's 1-800-848-WABC. I don't know if any of you saw Pat Sajak. Pat Sajak of Wheel of Fortune walked off the set on Wednesday night because for the third straight night, one of the contestants won a $100,000 bonus jackpot. Three nights in a row. Vanna White there, the co-host, right? Uh, she was like shocked herself. What is Vanna White? I thought she was dead. Anyway, she must be, you know, I think I'm older than her. <laughs> Whatever. I thought she was dead. But the point being is the guy was in such shock. Pat Sajak, you would think it was his money, right? It was coming out of his pocket instead of the production company. So he walked off. He was all PO'd, all pissed off. Reminded me of the time in that fake, phony, fraudulent, fugazi scam of a contest. You know, you got to get uh, 10 answers right in 60 seconds. You know, he does that every morning at 430. Remember back-to-back, belly-to-belly? Two callers got it. They nailed the $1,000 prize. Well, Frank Morano had to go out and get a payday loan. A payday loan. You know what the VIG is on that? That's 36% interest in street money. Because he promised that he would pay $1,000 out. Now, naturally, I'll bet you the people haven't received the money. You know, the check is in the mail. But he took out a payday loan, which is extortionary. And then all of a sudden, he made it so that you couldn't win the contest after that. Because two in a row. So he was like Pat Sajak. He stormed off the stage at WABC. Just so we put everything into perspective. 1-800-848-9222. That's 1-800-848-WABC. Let's go to Pete in Staten Island. Your turn to be heard here at WABC, Pete. Yes, hello, Pete. What happened to Pete? Don't tell me we're having problems with the phones again. I hope not. I hope not, Izzy. Or I'm going to have to go ballistic. I'm going to have to tear out what little hair I have in my uh, cerebellum and medulla. Let's test out these phones. Because remember, it it, it always occurs on my shifts. Starting from uh, late Friday night, early Saturday morning. Then I come back Saturday afternoon. Then I come back midnight to uh, 6 the following Sunday morning. Then I'm back uh, from 3 to 5 in the afternoon. And then uh, I finish up from 9 to 1. And inevitably, there are problems that occur on the phones. I'm hoping that's not the case because it's an act of sabotage. And uh, I will blame you, Izzy, as the board operator, the person who should know better. So, ladies and gentlemen, let's test the phone lines. Make sure that our crack engineer, Dan, out at Bada Bing, uh, which is the strip club in the Sopranos, but the real strip club, Satin Dolls, in real life, which is right next to our Tower of Power, 50,000 powerful watts of sound that our tower belts out from Lodi, New Jersey. Uh, and we may have to get him to uh, stop taking the Brumskis and the lap dances from the girly girls or anyone pre- pretending to be a girly girl. It doesn't matter to Dan. And to scurry up that tower, knock some of those icicles off of the very top that affects our discronificator or our spectrometer. Our number is 1-800-848-WABC. Let's go to Askar calling from New York. Your turn to be heard here at WABC, Askar. 
Yeah, I do, Curtis. Listen, um, to get started in radio, right there, you you need a college degree because I I, I went to um I went to uh, Edward Amaro. So a guy with a with a Edward Amaro background, just high school, they, they, there's no apprentice program or anything. How, how what what you recommend for a guy that's interested in doing something like what you're doing now? Well, you know, Ascar, A number one, there is a school out there. It's a professional school. It's called the Connecticut School of Broadcasting, uh, which some okay. of the f- people who work here at WABC have actually attended. They're alumni of the Connecticut School of Broadcasting. Again, it's a professional school, uh, so you may have to get a Pell Grant, or you, if you're uh, uh, financially uh, secure, you could pay the tuition uh, out of your own personal uh, monies, but you might need a Pell Grant. But the Connecticut School of Broadcasting, now, uh, when did you become interested in talk radio? Well, I mean, I, mean, I got a background in the sense that I went to school. I went to Edward Mobile High School, so I got a background, but... But I, I, at that time, I, you know, I didn't like want to pursue it. But after seeing this, like it's a big, like lately in the past like five, six years, that there's a bigger increase. Everybody wants to be, uh, you know, another Curtis. You know what I'm saying? So yeah, no, 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 no. I, I, I definitely would encourage you to reach out to the Connecticut School of Broadcasting. I think they have two different locations. I'm not quite sure. But as I said, there are many people in the field of radio who have gone to the Connecticut School of Broadcasting. They made their bones there. Others uh, who have uh, uh, done radio when they've been at the college or the university or the junior college that they attend. Uh, Edward R. Murrow, I don't think they had a uh, radio program, did they? No, no, it, wasn't, it wasn't like big like, like what, what it is now, but you had like a little background. You know what I'm saying? Yes. They give you a chance to be on, you know, and do the the formalities, but they didn't have what they have, what you guys have now. Yeah, well, definitely, definitely check hey, that Frank out. Frank Mancuso, your 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 competitor there, uh, does he have a degree in that in the broadcasting? Oh, I don't think uh, any of the broadcasters here have a degree in broadcast. They're just uh, used to uh, spewing hot air. Uh, see, we're masters at blabbervosia verbosa. That means we just talk a lot. The guys like male yentas, the female like female yentas. Just the way it is. You got to be somebody who likes to talk. Talk to yourself, talk to pigeons, talk in your sleep. It's like uh, Frank Morano right now is probably talking to the wall because the wall will give him the most attention that he has all week long. 1-800-848-WABC. Let's go to the last minute, Mike and Yonkers. Your turn to be heard here at WABC. Last minute, Mike. Good morning, Curtis. How am I? How am I doing, Curtis? How am I doing? What, what, what famous New York mayor? That was his tagline. How am I doing? That's right, Ed Koch. That's right, man. That's it. So instead of asking how you're doing, I was just going to ask how am I doing. All right. Listen, are you aware of the fact that Cheney shot two people? No, I thought uh, Vice President Cheney only shot one guy in the face while quail hunting in Texas. He shot a, a Secret Service agent uh, a few years prior, and I know this because uh, one of the guys that uh, I was friends with, his cousin was a Secret Service agent when he when he shot. You didn't hear it because it was a Secret Service agent. You heard it when it was the other guy, but yeah, he, he's, uh, I don't know, man, maybe he's drunk, I don't know. Well, this was the anniversary, 2006, right around now, uh, is when uh, he was quail hunting in Texas. He shot his uh, hunting buddy, Harry Whittington, 
I didn't I didn't know about the Secret Service agent, uh, but you know if there's there's no statute of limitation, I would bet you right now that Donald Trump and Mara Largo uh, would want uh, Vice President Cheney uh, arrested for that. Uh, especially since uh, it's his daughter who's giving him all kinds of grief on that January 6th committee, Liz Cheney. Yeah, yeah, I know. But, uh, yeah, that's, I just thought you'd like that little sidebar. No, no, excellent. Oh, excellent. And I like that last-minute mic. Uh, that may, that makes a lot of sense, last minute. Yeah, yeah. Well, this guy, this guy's nephew was a Secret Service agent. Well, I do appreciate you straightening me out on that. Yeah, no problem. Just tell the rest of the world. They're listening. Definitely, definitely. On the 50,000-pound for watts of sound that reaches 38 states, parts of Canada, little sliver of Europe, and actually can be heard uh, in the Bermuda Triangle between the Bahamas, where Cousin Brucey first uh, broadcast from. That was his first radio job. Uh, in just a few hours, you know, it's going to be back-to-back, belly-to-belly. You're going to have Cousin Brucey from 6 to 10, and then it's Tony Orlando without Dawn. I still don't know where Dawn is. And then I come back at you at 12 midnight to 6 in the morning. And I do theater of the mind. I do a stream of consciousness. And even some sailors who've gone down to Bay Davy Jones's locker and the Bermuda Triangle between the Bahamas and Bermuda were quoted as saying one of their last words. They were in the midst of listening to Frank Morano on the other side of midnight. Our number is 1-800-848-9222. That's 1-800-848-WABC. Little trivia here. Thomas Edison had his uh, shop where he invented so many of what we use today and take for granted, electronic delights, in Edison, New Jersey, a town named after him. In fact, he used to sleep with his legs up on a desk so that it would force his kidneys to growl, which is true. I've done that. And it would limit your ability to sleep because he had too much work to do and not enough time to sleep and felt it just like I do and many other people. There'll be plenty of time to sleep when uh, you're dead. What town, though, was uh, inventor Thomas Edison originally birthed in? What is the town that Thomas Edison, one of the greatest inventors of all time, the GOAT, was birthed in? 1-800-848-WABC. Let's go to AR calling from Queens. Your turn to be heard here on WABC, AR. Good morning, early morning, Silva. How are you today? How are you doing, sir? Uh, First off, we have to uh, get across to you, caller etiquette. I will have a conversation with John Katsimatidis. Ask him if he has the wherewithal or uh, the desire to set up a re-education camp for talk radio uh, listeners who become callers. There should be more than 1% of you who call. That's the uh, national average. That is a Shonda. That is who disgraziata. We need more of you to call. But I need a re-education camp. Could be the old Concord uh, Hotel. Could be the old uh, Grossinger's, the old Browns Hotel in Sullivan County, in the Catskills, whether it's the Irish Alps or the Jewish Himalayas, and uh, bring bring our callers there so they know you don't ask how I'm doing because then I'm going to tell you I've had better days. You don't thank me for taking your call because I've been soliciting for calls a mile a minute. I should be thanking you. And by the way, I don't even know who you are when I take your call. And lastly, don't ever say knee-jerk reaction, hey, I'm a first-time caller, long-time listener. Don't even start that. Kabish, Kabish, AR, Kabish. 
Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Comprende. I just want to say I've been listening to you. I watched you from growing up Lower East Side, Manhattan. I have seen you in the train all over. But recently I've been listening to your show, and I am really concerned what's happening in Ozone Park, Queens, all these murders and all these criminal activities. I have a bunch of videos I wanted to send to you. I tried to call you during the day, but lines, you know, how famous you are. You've been doing the right thing. Lines are always busy. I am really concerned what's happening. Crime's going crazy. Grew up in Lower East Side since 1989. I thought that was the worst place. But Ozone Park in the border of Queens and Brooklyn has gone down south. Oh, no I doubt. Mean, no doubt, AR. I've been in that area because uh, you uh, East New York meets Ozone Park there. And it's crime central. you got homeless shelters there. You have methadone centers. You have drug rehab centers. Uh, homeless uh, shelters, you have everything that's poured in there. Uh, and then even as you cross Woodhaven Boulevard and you continue on towards Rockaway, uh, towards Aqueduct and towards the Racino, you still have problems there. So I'd be, I'd be more than happy uh, to look at everything you have, AR. Yeah, I love you. I love your show, uh, videos on TikTok. I, I'm a true fan of you growing up in the Oasis since 1990 as a child. But I love my, I have a family. I'm losing my great neighbors because community is going very bad, you know, and all of my great neighbors moving away. And I'm concerned. I'm concerned. I have three boys and I'm trying to raise them, but I feel like I moved into the wrong neighborhood. Yeah, well, uh, I I, uh, talked to many people on Linden Boulevard as it goes further down uh, towards uh, uh, as you go east. Goes to Richmond Hill. A lot of folks from Guyana, they're moving out. A lot of Pakistanis, they're moving out. Sikhs, they're moving out. Uh, They've established themselves. They have homes. They have their mosques. They have their temples there. uh, Their churches there. And yet uh, they want to pick up and move out because you're absolutely right, A.R. The crime is getting so bad there in Ozone Park, both as you go west and as you go east. Yes, yes. I miss Giuliani. When he came in, I saw city got cleaned out, really cleaned out. I mean, I have seen three murders since I moved here. Uh, I'm always seeing things here. I would appreciate it. I, I love keep what you're doing, uh, I, you know, and I would like to get in touch with you in an email. I would like to send some information. Uh, thank you for I mean. Joy, uh, stay on the line. Stay on the line. Uh, We'll get all your information, your email, your phone number, all your information and follow up on that. I know there's a uh, South Ozone Park uh, citizens organization that I met with from time to time. They're very active, always wanting to make a difference. Uh, But that's an area that I did very well in the uh, mayoral election. I believe that I won that, uh, although I stand to be corrected against Eric Adams. I know I won Howard Beach which is um, south of there, Broad Channel. And then uh, the Rockaways, Rockaway Beach, Neponset, uh Breezy Point, the Irish Riviera, no doubt about that. 1-800-848-9222. That's 1-800-848-WABC. Let's go to Tommy in Brooklyn. Your turn to be heard here at WABC, Tommy. Curtis, you've had better days, haven't we? Yeah, I've had much, much better days. I, 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 if you go on my TikTok and social networking, you'll see where I ask people, should I live, leave Florida where I had spent about five days traveling up, down, and all around? Or should, and should I come back to the belly of the beast? And most people said, stay there in Florida. We're soon going to join you. 
Yeah, I'm thinking about going to a place called Floribama or like Destin, Florida or someplace up on the Panhandle. I, I like being with the Rednecks. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, just don't go. Just don't go to don't go to Olive Garden and make them feel that's a real Italian restaurant. Come on, that ain't Italian. Come on, that's BS. Right. Listen, I was on the radio in high school. You know, I, we had a radio station. We used to tape it and they used to send it in. And I realized I'm not that good, so I stopped. But I do have the perfect face for radio. I will say that. Uh, now, what high school did you go to? The Beach Channel. Beach Channel. So, did you study oceanography? Yeah, and marine biology, both. That's right. There were kids that came from all over the city, would take that A train out towards Rockaway, and they get off of Beach Channel High School. You probably had the most eclectic group of students from all over because they wanted to take uh, oceanography or they wanted to join the rowing team. You had a freaking rowing team. I was on it. <laughs> I was in the Macy. I was just in a sculpt, a sculpt, too. I used to sculpt, too. That was single, single sculpt. And who was the coxswain? Row, 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 row. Coxswain. They call, they call it a coxswain. Ah, uh, well, you said it, not me. <laughs> hey, what do you want from me? By you the know, way, uh, did you happen to yeah. know? Did you happen to know the trivia that I asked you as to where Thomas Edison, who had his shop, uh, most of his uh, inventions were created in Edison, New Jersey, but he wasn't birthed there. Did you happen to know where he was birthed? I do, and that was why I'm called. He was born in Milan, Milan, Ohio, though. Ah, Milan, very Milan. good, very good, Tommy. I had, to do, I had to do a paper on high school. I can't remember why I remembered that because I have a horrible memory. That's so why I like listening to your show. You bring back a lot of trivia. I think I smoked too much oregano in high school. You know what I mean? <laughs> anyway, um, this, this, this mayor thing, I don't know, man. This, he, he loves to dress in all these fancy outfits and stuff. You know, but he, he doesn't seem to be able to do very much, can he? No, no, no. He's all talk. He's all every day. It's another press conference. He wears those Ferragamo shoes. He wears those custom-made tailor suits. You know, he's not a street dude. He's got a, no. a chief of staff uh, out of the Canarsie Thomas Jefferson Club, uh, which was the third family of organized crime in Canarsie. When I was growing up, you had the Lucchese's and the Gambinos on Avenue L on both sides. And you had the Thomas Jefferson Club run by the Crook Media Esposito on 92nd Street in Conklin. Uh, so this guy, Frank Corona, his chief of staff, uh, probably took him shopping, paid for all this stuff. And the guy pretends to be a street guy. Now, he didn't even know what drill rap is. I'm going to devote the next hour to drill rap. Most people, obviously, listening to WABC don't know what drill rap is. But he was the Brooklyn Borough president. The most famous drill rapper got killed named Pop Smoke in 2019. It was an international incident. And this guy claims, I don't know what it is. I don't know what it is. I'm going to be honest with you. I don't know what drill rap is. I've heard some of the songs and stuff, and I guess. And, uh. I hang out in East New York a lot with some uh, some buddies of mine. And uh, Pop Smoke, I heard of him, but uh, I don't know any of his songs. I can yeah, tell you what drill rap was. But look at that. You weren't the Brooklyn Borough president, were you? Nah. You know more, no. You know more as a white guy about drill rap than Eric Adams did, who was the borough president that always pretended like he was hip, hop, you know, hip and happening. He was a brother from another... You know, he knows nothing about it. Dude, what do you want? Hey, I, you know, you, you say I'm white guy. You know, my friends out there in East New York, they, they say I'm not, I'm not white. I'm, I'm white. I mean, I'm black, just light-skinned. 
No, no, you're a Caucasian persuasion. You're a snow bro. I'm a snow bro. Yeah, yeah. That's right. But you know what? I ain't afraid of being called the cracker. My boys call me cracker all the time. I got no problem with it. <laughs> you know? Now, the question is, are you a saltine cracker? Are you an oyster cracker? Oyster no. soup? Well, what kind of no. cracker are you? I'm a Ritz, baby. I'm up in the Ritz. <laughs> a Ritz <laughs> cracker. All right. <laughs> Thank, you. Well. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Uh, thank you. Thank you. Well, we're going to be talking about Eric Adams. God, how some of you get snooked. You think this guy is street smart. He knows nothing about the streets. He, it's so obvious. Look at him. He's too pretty. Come on. He's too GQ. Look at his shoes. Ferragamo. You don't walk around with Ferragamos in the streets. Or somebody's going to pull out a toolie and take him off your feet. You don't walk around with tailored suits. Guy has no street smarts. I don't care. He was a cop for 22 years. He was never known as a bulldog. He was never known as an aggressive cop. He was never known as a cowboy cop. I don't know what kind of cop he was. He served as a cop. 10 years as a transit cop. 12 years as an NYPD cop. Rose through the ranks. Earned his white shirt. Left as a captain, he had the white shirt immunity that all blacks, Hispanics, Asians, whites, males, and females have. When they get that white shirt, they get treated differently than the blue shirts. But he's not street smart. 1-800-848-9222. Let's go to Dave in Dumont. Your turn to be heard here at WABC, Dave. Hey, Curtis. What's going on? How are you? Ah, there we go again. Now, these are Frank Morano listeners, I can tell. They need a re-education camp desperately. I beg, I beseech John Katsimatidis, our owner-operator, is to see if uh, Grossinger's, Browns, or the Concord, the old hotels that used to be packed in the uh, summers uh, where uh, young waiters and waitresses would would, uh, uh, do Simon Says uh, during the day and then entertain at night. By the way, what is the anniversary coming up of the most famous film ever made? about the Irish Alps, the Jewish Himalayas, uh, Sullivan County, better known as Catskills. I think it's the 35th anniversary of the greatest movie ever made about the Catskills. 1-800-848-WABC. Do you understand, Dave? You, you just never ask me how I'm doing because I'm just going to give you the knee-jerk reaction. I've had better days. Kabish, Kabish. Okay, okay, I got all you. Right, all I right, got you. All right. All right. This is a story. Yes. Thomas Edison had a laboratory for most of his life in West Orange, New Jersey. There's a highway sign that says you can get off the highway, and it says Thomas Edison uh, Museum. It's either off of 78 or 280 in West Orange. They named Edison, New Jersey, after him. He didn't have his laboratory in Edison, New Jersey, or Menlo Park, for that matter. His laboratory was in West Orange, New Jersey. Now, hold on a second, Dave. You mean to tell me that they would name a town after Thomas Edison Edison, but his his uh, actual workshop, the places that he invented, his many experimental technological, uh, just mastermind improvements to uh, the normal life, uh, were not made in Edison, New Jersey. You're expecting me to believe that they were made in West Orange. Is that what you're saying, Dave? That's what I'm saying. 
Why don't I believe you, Dave? I've driven past the signs many times. It says uh, Thomas Edison Museum. It's his house where he had his laboratory, where he did all his and made all his inventions and all his gadgets and everything else was in West Orange, New Jersey. Well, I'm going to tell you this. I'm going to check uh, in Edison in Island, which is a huge now uh, Indian population from the subcontinent. Lots of curry, lots of curry, lots of temples now. Yeah, I, I, I don't. I, I believe you are pulling my. No, I seen the sign on the highway. Where, where is this sign, Dave? I want to know the, sign, the, it's the on, specification. I think it's on seventy-eight or two eighty. You, you think it's there? Well, I've seen the sign. Well, wait, how do I know? Sure what highway? How do I, I know you weren't? How do I know you weren't drinking? I don't drink. Oh, you never drank. I did maybe 30 years ago, but I don't 30, drink anymore. 30 years ago? You haven't had any alcohol since? Nope. Not even? You didn't even gargle with Listerine? <laughs> nope. <laughs> you, you haven't had any alcohol whatsoever? You mean you were like Billy Sunday, who had become a prohibitionist who said it takes him enough, it, it took him three days to get out enough moisture in his mouth to spit? That's not me. How do you like that? Why is it I don't believe you, Dave? There's something about you. I used to be a big drinker in the 80s, and then I stopped. Hmm. And you dried out. I dried out, yeah. And you just you, you, you just left it. You, you, didn't, you, you didn't crawl back into the bottle. No, nah, I couldn't do it. Never didn't t- want to ne- do it. Never tempted even to have a Shirley Temple? No. Wow. So if all of a sudden, Frank Morano, who's a lush, you know that, he drinks, he's drunk 12 dry martinis in one day at Atlantic City. 12. Mm. If he would offer you a free drink at the Borgata at Atlantic City, you would say no? I would say no. <sighs> Something about that. There's something about Dave, ladies and gentlemen. Should I believe Dave? Dave does not sound believable. I'm telling you that. Hasn't even had any alcohol in any of the normal, regular products that you take, like Romalaw has alcohol. Uh, cooking wine, right? That has alcohol. That's obvious. Sterno. You know, he's probably melting down Sterno. That has alcohol. Shoe polish. That has alcohol. That would end up, uh, you'd be uh, drinking that. That puts you in the drunk tank. Should I be believing Dave from Dumont, ladies and gentlemen? Or do you think he's telling the truth? That it was um, uh, right near Seton Hall, West Orange, he said. That was the place that Thomas Edison uh, created all of his uh, great inventions that we've all benefited to uh, benefited from to this day. 1-800-848-9222. That's 1-800-848-WABC. And by the way, who invented AC? Who invented DC? And I'm not talking about ACDC, the rock group from the land down under Australia. 1-800-848-WABC. Let's go to Dean, who's calling from New York. Your turn to be heard here at WABC, Dean. <laughs> okay. The most famous movie about those great hotels was Dirty Dancing. Yes. Yes. 
<laughs> we are going to do a retrospective tomorrow night on the anniversary of Dirty Dancing, how it came about, why it became such a massive hit to a generation that had really never been to the Catskills, either the Irish Alps or the Jewish Himalayas in Sullivan County. Uh, what was your reaction when you first saw that movie? Oh, wow. You know, my daughter worked in the bungalow colony right near the Concord. (laughs) I I just thought, well, I had never actually been been, uh, to these hotels myself, but I remember them, and and I actually saw some, and wow, it was just incredible. It, It brought the whole thing back. It was beautiful. Now, what about uh, the performance of the uh, dearly departed Patrick Swayze on the dance floor? Oh, my God. Well, you know, his mother, I think, was a dance teacher, and he was really into dance, uh, you know, in in life. And, uh, oh, he was wonderful, and it was really sad that such a gorgeous guy should die so young. I I loved him in that movie because I fancy myself as quite the whirling dervish, quite the dancer, uh, I've gotten uh, very close uh, in slow dancing and doing the grind where I had to <laughs> I had to warn the young lady, you better go for a pregnancy test in the morning, uh, even though we both had our clothes on. Uh, Did that- you ever hear of Jerry Blavitt? No. No, who's that? Oh, wow. Well, I'm originally from South Philly, and there was this guy who um, had these dances for kids, and I think he had a radio show, too. And his name was Jerry Blavitt, and he was really outrageous, man. He was outrageous. But I thought, you know, maybe. Well, I know that I know the Dance Fever, which uh, came out of Camden, and then Philly, uh, Tony Manero, who was the uh, character that uh, uh, that uh, Saturday Night Fever was based on. Right. That uh, Travolta learned from. Uh, that he they, they did uh, dance fever right out of Camden. Well, you should like look up Jerry Blavitt because he used to like talk a lot and stutter all the time purposely. Jerry Blavitt, Blavitt, and he was this like cute little guy, and 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 we used to go to his dances and do the grind, you know. <laughs> My God, you were doing the grind. <laughs> For sure. Oh, hold on a second. Did you do? Did you do the hustle? Oh, we did all that stuff. Mashed potatoes. We did everything. Oh, Marona, my! And naturally, you did twist and shout, right? Chubby Check is twist and shout. Do you know Chubby Checkers is from South Philly? He used to, before he became a, a, a pop star, a rock star, he worked in a place and he plucked chickens for a living. He's the clean pork chickens. And then there yeah. was my uh, older sister's favorite, Alita, uh, the guy Fabian? from... Fabian? Uh, not Fabian, uh, but Bobby Rydell. Oh, yeah, he's from there. But I was in uh, Fabian Forte's younger brother's class. Robert Forte was his younger brother. <laughs> I hope uh, you were you were dirty dancing with uh, Fabian's younger brother. No, 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 no. What did did your parents think when you came home and say, hey, Mom, Dad, I was dirty dancing tonight? (laughs) You didn't tell them. You didn't tell them, right? Well, yeah, of course not. (laughs) No. No, I I never danced with his brother. He was out of my class. (laughs) By the way, uh, uh, who was the female lead in Dirty Dancing that danced with Patrick Swayze? 
Oh, that was uh, Gray's daughter. Um, hmm. What was her name? She Joel, got Joel, a nose right. job after it. Joel Gray's daughter, right? Joel's Gray's daughter. Oh, I met him, by the way. I, I, I used to work in this portrait studios in Atlantic City, and, I, and he was a customer once. Yeah. I, I always thought that Joel Gray was gay. No, not at all, not at all. Did he very, do very did he do dirty dancing too, Joel Gray? <laughs> I had no idea. But uh when I was older, yeah, I, I worked in this uh, uh, Louis Levin's portrait studios, yeah, and he was a customer once and uh wow, and he was so nice. He gave me a $20 tip. <laughs> wow. <laughs> and really this is, this was in Atlantic City, right? Atlantic City. What year? What year? Well, they voted in the uh, casinos in 77, so it was before that. Well, you know, Frank Morano would love that. He does uh, a tribute to Atlantic City every week. It doesn't matter what's happening. He does a tribute to it. He'll probably be – all you got to do is say Atlantic City to Frank Morano, and he gets excited. Well, I lived there as a little girl for a year with my Aunt Dot. She, when you first, uh, there was this circular thing, and when you first came in, and it went by the airport, when you first came into Atlantic City, there was like, and you went to the right, there was Atlantic City High, and we, we were, she had a store right uh, across the street from it at Trenton and Ventnor. And it was so different. Oh, my God. It was just like a small town. And she had this uh, variety store. The store is still there, but somebody else has it. I think they do tattoos now, you know, whatever. But, oh, here's something he would love. Just before Woodstock, there was a three-day free concert at the airport that almost – and I was there – uh, just about everybody that was at Woodstock was there. And it was just before Woodstock in, in 69. So that little airport uh, in Atlantic City, which is near the convention center, right? The, the no, big... no. The convention center is on the boardwalk. No, no. I, I mean the new one, the, 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 the brand new one, you know, where if there's a convention on your way out of Atlantic City, you see it. That's where they have that rail link. And I think oh, the, I don't know. I, I haven't really been there. <laughs> I, I, I just remember the old one on the boardwalk where they used to have the Miss America contest yes. and all that. Uh, Bob, and, and they yeah. had the first one of the first concerts with the Beatles, which I was at. <laughs> we stayed up on the boardwalk all night to get tickets. They were like 20, I mean, very cheap, 25 bucks or something. And And the first concert... One of the first concerts in 64 was in that convention center on the boardwalk. By the way, uh, did you happen to be uh, one of the many groupies that the Beatles had? Oh, I wish. We all wish. It was like a group orgasm. Everybody, we couldn't hear them at all. Everybody was standing on their chairs and screaming their their hearts out. <laughs> it was incredible. So It you, was you, just like a massive orgasm, universal orgasm. It was crazy. Every single girl there was, thought that they would see them and fall in love and marry them. <laughs> now, question, if given a choice, uh, you had the monkeys, you had the uh, Rolling Stones, and you had the Beatles, if you could have uh, been with any one of those groups, which one would it have been? Paul, the 
Beatles. Of course, Tom. <laughs> Are you kidding me? Of course, now I think he's an idiot because of what he said about Trump and well, Obama. You know, when Obama came in, he said, oh, at least somebody, if you have a president that can read, you know, please. But, but back then, oh, man, you know, you people know, were in love with Paul. You know, Paul lives out there in, like, the Hamptons. Uh, it's like a plume, a purple haze that surrounds the guy. He's, like, smoking ropes of dope. Really? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> well, they I mean, did back then, too. I mean. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. See, you were on the cutting edge. You could have been writing a book. I was a groupie of the Beatles in Atlantic no. City. Oh, I was. Are you kidding? They were staying at this hotel on North Carolina, and and they had all these girls who were all outside screaming, screaming, screaming for them. Must have driven them nuts, you know. <laughs> but, yeah, yeah. And I went to another one, another very, very early concert in Philly. And, you know, so I went to two of those. I went to an early uh, Stones concert, but, uh, oh, it was totally the Beatles. I mean, my God. So so Mickey, Mickey, Mickey didn't turn you on? No. Hmm. Not and, 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 I spoiled the pool. <laughs> and, and, and the, and the uh, monkeys didn't turn you on, right? The monkeys were a group put together for a TV show that was supposed to be like a, uh, a Beatles film. Uh, you know, the monkeys were nobody. Although, uh, maybe around 10 years ago, uh, what was his name? The head guy in there, the funny looking one, Mickey Dolans, I think it's Yes, was. yes, Mickey, are the he's drummer. He's a real musician. He is serious, and he's bald now, by the way. And over in um, Hoboken, they have the Hoboken uh, uh, Arts and Crafts there twice a year, and he was their, one of their. Um, you know, uh, 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 what do you call it? Uh, you know, one of the people that uh, celebrities. That, now, uh, now, do you still sang. do you still hang really out? Good. Do you still hang out in Atlantic City? Oh, I, I I went back there one time to to see if some of the old places were still there, but no, I I, oh, I don't you're, go there. You're, you're going to have to go to the annual Frank Morano Wine and <laughs> Cheese Festival that he has, the Ilvino and Fromage Festival. It's world renowned. He gets people coming there from all over the world. Well, well, yeah, but those are not. You see, my Atlantic City is the six, is Atlantic City of the fifties and the sixties. You know, and maybe the early 70s, you know. I mean, when I was a kid, when I was eight years old, right? So I would come home from school, Richmond Avenue School, whatever. And we used to walk there. Nobody was hovering over us. And uh, I'd come home, and my aunt would uh, give me dinner. And then I'd get on a jitney. They had jitneys for 25 cents and go to Atlantic and Pacific Avenue. And there was a shul there, which later on, you know, with the way much later on turned into a Baptist temple and and uh, and then uh, of course a casino but uh, but there was this one shul this is an amazing story we go in this little alleyway to, in the shul and I always had water and rats <laughs> and we got this little room in the back and in this little room with just these little uh, chair desks nothing else nothing fancy there was this teacher Mr. Steinberg, 
And and my uncle had told me that his family had been killed in in in, in Europe in front of him, but we would have never known it. And he was very he walked very straight, and he wore this hat, and he had long sideburns, and he was. Very strict with us with the lessons. He taught us how to read Hebrew. He taught us something of the religion. But he was, he had this gift, and he made every single person in that class feel like they were the most special kid in the world. And I have met in later years people from Washington, D.C., that were in that class. And, and, and this gay guy, he told me in Washington, D.C., years later, that the best time in his whole childhood was in Steinberg's class. He just had that amazing gift. And it was just the most wonderful thing to have known him, Bernard well, Steinberg. Well, and you, I, you, have, you have done an amazing tribute to Bernard Steinberg, great teacher. I always said Alan Topol was my best teacher of all time, fifth grade teacher, PS 114. That's an amazing call. Uh, that would have been too hot for Frank Morano to handle. He would have been uh, just uh, in orgasmastic frenzy because of her knowledge of Atlantic City, his beloved. I'm surprised that Frank Morano doesn't live in Atlantic City. Our number is 1-800-848-9222. That's 1-800-848-WABC. Check this out. No one knows New York better. The founder of the Guardian Angels, Curtis Lewa. And you can't compete against that. On 77 WABC. No doubt about that promo. Curtis Lee knows more about New York City than anybody else. I know where all the bones are buried and who buried them. And imagine consummate New Yorker Dominic Carter that you can hear every Monday through Fridays from 12 to 1. Did not know what drill rap was. And Eric Adams, the mayor who pretends to be a street guy. Oh, I wore a bulletproof vest and carried a gun and had a badge for 22 years as an NYPD cop, tennis transit, 12 as NYPD, leaving as a captain, a white shirt with immunity. Didn't know anything about drill rap. Oh, my God. How could you not know about drill rap when that's where it started in Brooklyn in the city of New York way back in 2018 when you were Brooklyn Borough president and Pop Smoke got capped? In Los Angeles, while he was staying at one of the housewives of Beverly Hills, five guys came in and boom, they just aerated him. Pop Smoke, who was like the number one drill rapper in all of New York City. Come on. I mean, with a mural right there on 81st in Flatlands, in Baby Blue, because he's a crip. He was cripping. My God, Eric Adams, no street smarts there. His son had to tell him, hey, Pops, I'll tell you what drill rap is. I was shot. Now he wants to ban it. How the hell do you ban drill rap? You know, this is America. First Amendment, free speech. You know, like traditional rap, Snoop Dogg, who's going to be performing at the uh, halftime show of the Super Bowl in Los Angeles, actually did a real drive-by shooting as a crip himself and killed somebody in a park in L.A. 
and jury nullification, let him walk. Anyway, let's go to Jeff, who's calling from Elmhurst. Your turn to be heard here at WABC, Jeff. Hey, Curtis, I just wanted to tell you I do have a lot of sympathy for uh, your previous caller, AR, from Ozone Park. It's a shame what's going on in the city. But I must say the voters of New York City are going to have a lot of buyer's remorse for not electing you as the mayor. But I'm almost sure one of the main reasons you didn't get elected was because of the mainstream media. Right after the Democratic primary, all of a sudden. They put Eric Adams on a pedestal that he already was the mayor of New York before the election. It's it's a real shame what they did to you because uh, you would have been an excellent mayor. But I wanted to ask you something. I know you did very well in the Chinese neighborhoods of New York City. How did you do in the Hasidic neighborhoods, Crown Heights, Borough Park, Williamsburg? How did you do in those areas? Well, I won 12 of the election districts of Chinese and Asian Americans, which never had happened before by a Republican. It always went Democrat. And so in some of the Hasidic communities, I did well. Others, I didn't. I was very disappointed in Crown Heights. The Lubavitchers overwhelmingly voted for Eric Adams. He had been their state senator. Uh, He had uh, obviously been the Brooklyn Borough president. He was nowhere to be found in the riots of uh, 1991 when I was there for 30 days and 30 nights protecting the Lubavitch as they were getting attacked in Crown Heights. They really disappointed me. Uh, Then over in Borough Park, I won Borough Park, uh, the various Hasidic groups. I lost Williamsburg, the Satmar, but I won other areas, uh, Regal Park, uh, Kew Gardens in Queens, uh, and then down uh, in uh, Flatbush, the uh, uh, Flatbush section, uh, and the areas in immediate proximity, Brighton Beach. Right. You know what's funny? The last Quinnipiac poll that we had the other day, it said 74% of New Yorkers are worried about crime. But the way the Democrats vote in New York City, it's very funny because when Bragg was running, Everybody knew what he was running on. I mean, if you just read the papers and watched the news, he said he wasn't going to prosecute and lock people up, you know, like people wanted. Now, all of a sudden, after he gets elected, they're all crying. You know, what's the matter with this guy? I mean, I can't understand how people vote in this city. I mean, maybe enough people are not going out to vote. I know. Well, only one out of five voted in the mayoral election. That's a Shanda. That's who disgraziata. But if a uh, election were held in Manhattan tomorrow, um, Alvin Bragg would win overwhelmingly. They want him in Manhattan. Guess what? They got what they want. Check this out. No one knows New York better. The founder of the Guardian Angels, Curtis Lewa. And you can't compete against that. On 77 WABC. The groove and my friends are going to try to move your feet. See, I am Wonder Mike and I like to say hello. Or to the black, to the white, the red and the brown, the purple and yellow. But first I got to bang, bang, the boogie to the boogie. Say up, jump the boogie to the bang, bang, boogie. Let's rock. You don't stop. Long before there was drill rap, the origin of rap occurred in the Bronx at the very same time that I was the night manager of Mickey D's up in the Bronx, Fordham and Webster, 1979, when I started the Guardian Angels, February 13th to be specific. We'll be celebrating our 
43rd anniversary, as we're now in 13 countries and 130 cities with 5,000 members all over the world. But it started when uh, rap was about partying, feeling good, not taking your nine, putting it high in the air, shooting it off like you just don't care. Wasn't like Snoop Doggy Dog's rap or Dr. Dre's rap. Wasn't N.W.A. and you know what that N means. It wasn't F all the police. And it certainly wasn't drill rap. But it's uh, interesting that the mayor of the city of New York, Eric Adams, had no idea what drill rap was. I don't know where he's been as Brooklyn Borough president, but he's not a street smart guy. He's absolutely not a street smart guy. And I eyeballed that right away when I saw him wearing Ferragamo's. You're talking hundreds and hundreds of dollars for those shoes and custom-made tailored suits of which he could never have afforded as a Brooklyn Borough president. Impossible. Go to his chief of staff, Frank Carone, guaranteed you he bought them and it wasn't off the rack. But I always knew Eric wasn't a street dude. You can tell. It's too pretty. It's too GQ. Come on. You think this guy was in any street brawls, any street fights? You remember that first day in office? He was on the um, J-Train station of Kosciuszko going towards City Hall. He looked down into the street outside of that Mickey D's, and he three, saw three Latinos brawling. So he called it in. He did a 911 call because, look, he was just too pretty. He had his Ferragamos on. He had his custom-made suit on. He wasn't going to get down and dirty with those guys downstairs. So he left it to 911 and then complained about the way the cops did with it. But let's deal with this whole concept of and reality of drill rap. And they're blaming all the violence. You know, it's so easy to blame any one thing for all the violence that's plaguing the city uh, that is actually in worse shape than it was when, believe it or not, Bill de Blasio was in charge eight years and single-handedly destroyed this city that we love. In the first month that Eric Adams has been mayor, we've had more crime in this one month than we had in any one month of the Bill de Blasio administration. And still, the media just keeps pretending that this guy is the law and order mayor. He's done nothing. There's press conference after press conference. He says, I'm going to do this. He said all during the campaign, I'm going to have uh, undercover police officers, plainclothes police officers. I'm going to do stop and frisk. He's done nothing of the such. He's going to have an anti-crime unit, but they're going to be in a different kind of a uniform than the police themselves. But they will be uniformed and they will be wearing a badge, openly visible, and they will be wearing a camera. How the hell is that plainclothes or undercover? And yet so many of you... We're guilty of being bamboozled and victimized by trichnology, but you don't complain. You figure, hey, his complexion is his protection. You don't want to be seen saying bad things about New York City's second African-American mayor. I don't. I don't care because I said bad things about the first American uh, African-American mayor in New York City, David Dinkins, who led us to become the most intense crime big city in America with the most shootings unsolved and the most murders. We were the murder capital, the shootings capital. And then my kumbadichi, Rudy Giuliani, came in, of which Eric Adams refuses to meet with, even though he says, oh, I'm going to meet with everybody that can help make this city better. Rudy created the template. Rudy took us from the murder capital 
the shooting capital, the crime capital, to the safest big city in America in just eight years, and Eric Adams doesn't even want to sit and talk with him. But it really blew my mind when he started crying. He started crying. I saw it on TV in Florida. He said that this one uh, drill drill rapper who got shot and killed in uh, Bedford-Stuyvesant the other night, he had just finished doing a recording session. He was sitting in his car. Obviously, some guys came up and popped him. So he he starts crying at this press conference. Our mayor, he says that the drill rapper, a guy named McKinley, was betrayed by the city from his family being unable to secure stable housing for years to education officials failing to intervene, even though he missed 250 days of classes throughout his time in high school. Quote, by the time he was five, he and his family had entered a homeless shelter. Now, right there, our city should have done more. For the next four years, Jaquan's family lived in seven different locations, seven different shelters, without stability or security. Jaquan started kindergarten at PS723 in the Bronx, a school for kids with severe cognitive disabilities. This is what Eric Adams is saying. The guy never met this guy before. After two years, he was mainstreamed into a traditional elementary school, but he was not thriving there. Adams said McKinley attended five different high schools and programs and kept falling behind. That's the narrative, right? So he's saying the city is at fault that this guy, McKinley, a drill rapper, was executed in his car in the streets of Bed-Stuy after completing a uh, recording session. Wait till you hear the twist on the story. From the guy who has no street smarts, Eric Adams, who is crying those crocodile tears about the loss of McKinley, the drill rapper. 1-800-848-9222. That's 1-800-848-WABC. Interesting that McKinley's father, Perry Williams, spoke and accused the mayor of using his son's story for political gain and of inventing details about his son's life. The father, William, said McKinley lived with him and his wife in North Carolina from 2013 to 2018 until his son was 15 years old before he attended high school in New York. Quote, he was actually on the A-B honor roll down here. He was a good student, William said. He said he did not believe Adam's statement that his son failed at school, calling it a lie. The grieving father also complained about Eric Adams' statement that his family lived in a shelter. Quote, I've never been in a shelter in my life, unquote. Now, who are we going to believe? The father or the Biden of Brooklyn? Eric Adams, who tells stories. I think by now we all realize this guy tells stories. Just like President Joe Biden always tells stories that turn out not to be true. Eric Adams said he was a vegan. He's not a vegan. He eats fish. Eric Adams said that he was assaulted by police officers in uh, South Jamaica at the 103rd Precinct when he was a kid with his older brother. Uh, He said he was brought into the basement after being arrested, beaten by these two white cops. He saw a black sergeant come down who stopped it. He said, wow, for the first time, Uh, I was impressed a black guy could stop two guys from doing something wrong. I wanted to be just like that black cop. I don't believe that happened. I don't believe that happened. I don't think there's any documentation. 
He claims from there he ended up doing a day, day and a half of Spotford, yet was released back to the custody of his mother from the 103rd Precinct. That's not how that works. If he was assigned to Spotford, he would have been released at Spotford in the Bronx in Hunts Point. This guy embellishes everything. And we have no way of finding out, in fact, if it's true. Look at all the time. We didn't even, where where do you live? Oh, I I live in Brooklyn in my townhouse that I own in Bedford-Stuyvesant on Lafayette. No, you don't. You don't live in that basement apartment. You were living in apartment 22H in in a city that goes round and round. If you happen to be driving through that Fort Lee, you can never get out of that circle, that crop circle. And now it appears he's been living in the apartment at Trump World Center, right there in Columbus Circle, of these these two crooked brothers who have that restaurant that he meets people at now on West 52nd where he had that sit-down with Andrew Evil Ice Cuomo. It's incredible. Trump World, World Tower. Why would he be staying in a Trump building? I thought he hates Donald Trump. You see what an enigma this guy is? And... He's crying about a drill rapper who got executed. And now he's claiming that drill rap should not be socially networked. It should be taken down from any playlist. He doesn't even know what it is, but somehow he wants to ban it. He claims his son told him what he is, what it is, because he works uh, in, in some corporation that deals with rap music. Our numbers one eight hundred eight four eight WABC. That's one eight hundred eight four eight WABC. So let's talk about uh, Eric Adams not knowing about drill rap. Dominic Carter not knowing about drill rap. It started in Chicago in twenty eleven. That's how far back it goes. You can see how disconnected these guys are. In fact, it was the south side of Chicago where it really got kicking with a guy named King Louis. It's no doubt it's dark, it's violent. Uh, It's about fighting and retaliating. And the focus is on crime. But you're going to ban that? I mean, all rap music, most rap music is about that. Ha! You're going to ban all rap music? And then not to understand that the biggest drill rapper came from Brooklyn. Pop Smoke, 2018, Canarsie. And then went out to Los Angeles and was staying at the home of the housewives of Beverly Hills, one of them. And five guys did a home invasion and shot and killed him multiple times. He was the biggest drill rapper in Brooklyn. He did the song Welcome to the Party. And he doesn't know who Pop Smoke is. They did a huge mural of him on 81st and Flatlands. It's still there, all in blue. It's because... Pop Smoke is a crip. And then just the other day, T. Dot Wu got shot and killed right in the head outside of his house on 96th and Avenue L, down the block from Original Pizza, best pizza place in all of New York City. So come on. Come on, Eric Adams. Let's keep it real. Let's try to, let's try to act like <laughs> you're a street smart when, in fact, you have no street smarts. You spend too much time in the suites. You get wine-dined and pocket-lined by the rich and elite. You lost whatever cred you had in the streets by saying, I didn't know what drill rap was. 1-800-848-WABC. That's 1-800-848-9222.
In fact, uh, he's going to put together a summit of Hazel Dukes, who's in charge of the NAACP. I think she's like 122 years old. Her last claim to fame is in the Dinkins administration. She was made the head of off-track betting, and she lost money as a bookie. She lost money. She turned that into the House of Patronage. And the other person who will be at this crime summit is Al Slim Shady Sharpton. Uh, listen to Al Slim Shady Sharpton complaining. Uh, you go to a local pharmacy, Dwayne Reed or, or Rite Aid, any of them, and you've got to get someone to help yeah. assist you. I mean, they, they have the little button there. Yep. You hit the buzzer, and the guy comes over and unlocks your toothpaste. Yes. I mean, we're talking about basic <laughs> stuff. That's what they said. <laughs> said like, as well. when, what did I miss that we now have to lock up toothpaste? He's laughing. This is happening in New York City. That's why when I went down to Florida for five days, that's paradise. That's freedom. That's why so many people are fleeing. Not only New York City, parts of New York State, New Jersey, Connecticut, Pennsylvania. Uh, There's a mass exodus. And that's part of the reason. 1-800-848-9222. That's 1-800-848-WABC. Let's go to Brian in Yonkers. Your turn to be heard here at WABC, Brian. Yes, hi, Curtis. Um, when Adams was talking about that rapper that was shot in the in the car after doing the recording uh, studio work, he started at the end of it. I mean, at the end of his talk, he was talking about how it was. Uh, he was also suffering from discrimination. But I, I don't know why he's always got to pull that into it. Um, I don't know how anybody was discriminating against him that would have caused his uh, his problems in life and or his getting shot. That that that's crazy. And. Um, that just bothers me how it seems Adams always has to uh, spin it where somehow it's the, the white people that are causing all this trouble, uh, causing the blacks to, cause, to um, you know. Uh, oh, Brian, Brian, but he likes white people's money. He likes uh, white people's campaign contributions, right? He doesn't say, hey, white devils or crackers, I don't want your money, right? Right, right. And if he was Brooklyn borough president for so many years, how is he so clueless now? I mean, he was in the belly of the beast there in one of the roughest uh, boroughs in the in, in New York City. And he and he's acting like he doesn't have a clue what he's doing. And I just feel it's bad for the city. And I don't, I'm not really feeling bad for him, but I'm, <laughs> I feel bad for the city that, I don't know, he just seems to be a, a, an elected uh, Al Sharpton now. Right. So uh, here it is. Uh, McKinley, who is the uh, drill rapper you're referring to, who was shot in his yeah. car in bed after doing a... Uh, uh, a studio appearance, uh, you know, preparing some uh, new degenerate rap uh, uh, lines that he was dropping. He's saying, yeah, 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 he's a victim of racism. How? Other black guys killed him. Wasn't white supremacist. Uh, this guy had choice. He decided he was going to become a drill rapper uh, as opposed to uh, studying in school. His father said that he was do- an A and B student in North Carolina and that he never lived in a shelter. So who's telling the truth? The father or the Biden of Brooklyn, Eric Adams? Because like Biden, he tells stories. Mm-hmm. And um, that other, uh, I think he was a representative or something, talking about the um, uh, <clears throat> that Bronx uh, housing project that had the horrible fire that killed 17 people. Yes. He he. He inserted racism in it as well as why it would have happened there and not in a home uh, building with white people. That's crazy, too. He might ask his own 
yourself, hey, listen, maybe we better quit vandalizing our buildings. Because did every single self-closing door fail in that building that the smoke got to all 17 or 19 floors? Um, if you're ever in one of those buildings, they're horribly um, treated. They're, they're vandalized by the people living there. It's terrible. I had an aunt that lived in that, not that building, but another project, the Baruch Houses. And we went to we'd go to visit her, and the place was a shambles. And we, you're, you're watching the, the residents themselves urinate in the in the elevators and everything else. So he ought to really ask himself, "Oh, this isn't being caused by white people. This this vandalism is being caused by the people living there." Well, the um, most interesting thing, Brian, the most interesting thing in all of this is that he really doesn't have any street smart sense to know what is really going on. So he falls back to this old rhetoric of Hazel Dukes, who I think is like 128, Al Slim Shady Sharpton, who's shocked that he can't get his toothpaste because they have it locked in behind the counter. Uh, My God, this has been going on for quite some time. Uh, But now he notices that this is going on, this uh, looting and the shoplifting that's going on. These are the people he surrounds himself with. In the 69th precinct alone, crime is up 100%. That's where uh, uh, Pop Smoke uh, operated. That's where this guy was just recently executed in the street. T. Wu operates. And he's done nothing, nothing to crack down on crime. Can you think of one thing he's done since he was elected? No, no. You know, I worked with uh, minorities, and I was the minority in the, in the place at, in Washington Heights. And when we would watch the news at lunchtime, when they'd show uh, a, a black or Spanish guy getting arrested for a crime, they all cheered and said, yeah, throw the book at him. They, they, they weren't wanting him released. So I don't know where Adams and these guys keep thinking that the, the minority communities uh, you know, want these guys released, that they, they think they're in camaraderie with them. They're not. They, they want criminals arrested as the same as the rest of us. Well, the problem is, Brian, the problem with Eric Adams, he tries to satisfy both sides and you end up satisfying no side. He ran on a law and order platform. He said that he gets stuff done. And in the first five weeks, he's done jack diddly squat, nothing about crime. 1-800-848-9222. Let's go to Frank in Elizabeth, New Jersey. Your turn to be heard here at WABC, Frank. You know, you spoke for ever since you came on tonight. You haven't got off this subject at all. I don't even know how to talk about. You lost. He won. You should give him a chance. We know he isn't good, but I voted for you, and now I regret it. Now, now wait a second. How, how did you vote for me in Elizabeth, New Jersey, Frank? Because I only moved into Jersey two weeks ago. Oh, I see, I see. So you're a supporter of Eric Adams now, even though he hasn't done anything in five weeks. No, I'm, I'm just saying you, you've been on the same subject all night. Really? I talked about going to Florida for two segments. I talked about Frank Morano for a segment. uh, It's it's too repetitive. Oh, I see. So I shouldn't talk about something that Dominic Carter didn't know about and Eric Adams didn't know about, but this white boy knows all about it, right? So I should just keep my mouth shut, right, Frank, because I'm white. Who said that? You. You ain't white. You're dumb. Oh, I'm dumb. But apparently I got more street smarts than Dominic Carter on this issue and uh, Eric Adams, the mayor, on this issue, Frank. 
Did you know about sorry, this? I, did you know I'm about sorry, Joe Rapp? I'm sorry. I di- I'm sorry. My phone was away from my ear. I didn't hear you. What was that? Oh, I see. Uh, do you know no, anything I about don't. Joe Rapp? No. What do I care about Joe Rapp? Oh, well, I guess uh, if people are getting shot because of it, wouldn't you want to know? Well, what is drill rap? What is drill rap? Okay. It is dark. It is violent. It talks about retaliation. It talks about if somebody disses you, then you got to go and dismiss them. I didn't know. I'm informed now. I'm the only one doing that. I I know. I never heard it. Okay. Okay. But you're going to be I'm hearing young. A, that's why, right? But you're going to you be know. hearing a lot more about it. So now you know something about it, Frank. When somebody says, "Hey, what's that drill rap crap?" You can well, say, "That's what I just did." I wanted to know, right? So now you know at least yeah, at least a little like... bit more about it. See, you happy? A little happier now? You learned something. Yeah, but. Don't repeat over and over everything. It seems like you're always repeating. You know, you got a good show. You you get right down to it. But and I like I say, I I voted for you, and you know, then I then I wonder. Okay, so you you wonder about me, but not the guy who didn't deliver on his promise to do something about crime. That's interesting. Do we really think he just moved to Elizabeth two weeks ago? Get out of here. Let's go to George, who's calling from Mount Sinai. Your turn to be heard here at WABC, George. Curtis, I'm going to defend you. I'm George from the from Queen's Supreme Court. Um, we'll change the subject. I, I really have to admit, I was hoping Eric, and you were wrong, and Eric would do a better job. I kind of remember him as a cop in Brooklyn, but in other words, I really don't understand it. I'm really brokenhearted. You're right. You're absolutely right. He's not doing what he's supposed to do, but I'll get off that subject. I'll talk about Queens, which I'm familiar with. I know you say you have seven or eight lives. Have you ever been over to Don Pepe, where the gangsters used to go, or the Parkside, or you're not allowed to go there? No, no, no. Don Pepe's uh, over there where they have all the jockey uh, pictures up, you know, pictures of jockeys and horses. Not far from the track, correct? Yeah, the gangsters own it. The only thing bad about working in Queens, when we were there, um, we got a memo, us, the district attorneys, we were not allowed to go. I haven't been there, you know, I haven't been retired for a while. We were brokenhearted because we used to go there and eat, and we'd go to the Parkside in Corona. I think the Lucchese's owned one and the um, the Gambino's owned one. I don't remember anymore. Well, no, no. Actually, the uh, Genovese owned Parkside. Uh, Tough Tony uh, did not like me for obvious reasons. Uh, so at the time, I was with Melinda Katz. She had just become borough president of Queens. They were having a celebration there. She said, come on, come on, Chris. I said, if I go in there, they're not going to serve you. She goes, what are you talking about? I'm the borough president of Queens. I said, you don't understand. Tough Tony is not going to let his staff serve you. You know that uh, 20 of us sat there for an hour with small talk. They didn't even bring the bread basket with the, with the breadsticks. The moment I left, because they said, I'm going to leave. This is uh, not fair to you and your supporters. The moment I left, they were serving everybody at the table. That's what I'm, that's 
what I was going to ask you. I, I'm, I'm joking with you, of course. I'm not going to do it. I think I'll take you over to Don Pepe's. You'll go in there with your hat. Gotti used to play cards in the back. There will be eye candy in you like you wouldn't believe. I think the guys who plugged you, I don't remember their names, they used to eat there. But you haven't been to Don Pepe's, have you? Yes, yes, I have. Years ago, uh, remember, that was always where the degenerate uh, gamblers would go, the guys who would go to Aqueduct. Because all on the wall, you have these pictures of the uh, of the drivers, the winning driver, not winning jockeys, excuse me, with their silks, you know, the different silks that they've worn for different horses, different pictures of horses. It's, it's old school restaurant. The food is good. Food is yeah. good. But you're, you're, you wouldn't go there now. They wouldn't let you. Would they, I don't. Because I was telling you, we'd go there. Bring the book from the marketing department of ABC and try to sell them some time on your show. Ah, that would be great. George, George yeah. you know that would make my day just to walk in there. You wouldn't? No, no. It's the guy who used to play cards in the back. Yeah, go there. yeah no, I, I know all of that. But uh, I've been to Don Pepe's. I've been to Parkside. Uh, I, I'll go wherever. At Gangster's Own Restaurants, I'll go in there. And you know it just makes their day to see me there sitting there with my red beret. You got you got a pair of cajones. I'll tell you that, Curtis. But I'll, I'll tell you one last thing. I was with a judge, uh, Judge Lonshawn. He was a wonderful guy, a tough tough guy, Air Force pilot in World War II. He's long gone. We'd go up Sufton. He had a Corvette. <laughs> We'd go up Sufton Boulevard to a, um, a wrecking place, and it was Victoria Gotti's, that bum, Husband who used to own it. Do you remember? I forgot his name. Yeah, Carmine Agnello. Yeah, I don't know if he's still around. He was in jail. Anyway, we come back to the courthouse. The judge bought some parts for his Corvette. The next day, the administrative judge calls me up because I was a senior guy, and he's giving me a beating, a verbal beating over the phone. Don't you know any better? What was the judge doing? He was afraid to talk to Judge Longshine because Longshine would have told him off. He goes, you and the judge's picture on uh, FBI, you know, <laughs> they were taking pictures out of him at, at his place. He was a piece of work, that guy, because I don't think he treated Victoria too well. And I don't know how you could treat the Don's daughter bad. Is, is she still around? Do you know? Yes, yes. Uh, Victoria Gotti, uh, she is a real uh, putan. Um, she is out there, I believe, in Westbury. Uh, yeah. She was married to Carmine Agnello. Carmine Agnello uh, did some time. He had the uh, the biggest chop shop in all of the Northeast uh, United States. That was the old Jamaica Salvage. Uh, yeah, he was in, it was up on Sufton Boulevard, if I remember correctly. No, no. Jamaica Sal- uh, Salvage was uh, right there outside of the right field uh, wall at the old Chase Stadium. That was the largest uh, chop shop ever. Yeah, he had other chop shops, but that was his biggest one. He had a pot store over there. It was really a piece of work. But, you know, I didn't like being uh, my picture being on the FBI file, but what am I going to tell you? I'm an honest guy. I just also, I don't get it, you know. I know John Gotti could, Gotti, whatever, he was a bomb criminal, but he had a sense of humor. When he would come to Queen's Supreme Court once in a while, he, um, you know, his son, Junior, which I don't understand, how the friendship with Frank Morano is, how you can be friends with people like that. But that's his own business. And he'll probably say something when he goes on the radio. <clears throat> we used to tell John, when Junior comes here, he used to come around with his posse, <clears throat> pardon me, and be nasty. Because in the courthouse, people talk, they joke around. 
So he said to God, he goes, you know, John, can't you tell Junior to behave himself when he comes here? We're the court. We're trying to be in the middle. And he goes, what do you want me to do, have him clipped? And I, we were all laughing. So even in the worst crazy people, sociopaths, some of them have a sense of humor. I don't oh, know what else I want to say. There's no doubt. There, I know Gotti Jr. Yeah, no, no. Yeah, yeah. You, you ought to call him up and ask him, why this affinity, why this love affair that he has? Why is he a sickle fan, toady, and lackey to, to John Gotti Jr.? Why, what did he invite him to his wedding for? Yeah, you know, that was out in Staten Island. So here it is, Rachel's wife, who knows nothing about this. She was from uh, Long Island. He bamboozles her and says, hey, we'll move to Staten Island, which is Staten, Italy. Uh, and then he has all the Gottis on one side. It's me and Nancy on the other side. And they're, they're mad-dogging me. They're eye-fornicating me. Uh, John Katsimatidis, his wife Margo is there, everybody from ABC. If, look, at the, look at the situation that Frank Morano put us in, the precarious situation, knowing that these guys were my enemies. Junior's out of the business for real, or you don't know? Hell no, he's out of the. He's, he, collects, he collects rent, you know, on all the stolen properties. His dad stole the properties, and uh, Junior and his goons collect the rent. Tribute. It's, really unbe- it's unbelievable. He, it's lives, just- he lives out in Oyster Bay Cove, which is this totally private community. There's only one way in, one way out. Uh, yeah, no. He claims... I, I know. Right, he claims he's uh, impoverished. You would need a reverse mortgage just to pay for the property tax. I, I probably, he's just still eyeing him. He'll have his day again, I'm sure. I just, um, you know, I was, that, that, that thing with John Gotti beat the guy up in Queens. I was the clerk next door. I would come in to see what was going on. Mm. Uh, <clears throat> he was just, the whole group of them were there. Listen, I'm not a. I, I kept my distance from them because in court you never know. Um, you just they just. I, I can't explain it. You know them. I know them from court. I know them from, you know, Brooklyn where I grew up. I don't understand. Like the they just. I, I can't explain it. Are they? Some of them are not very stu- Are not stupid. That guy that you had on your show. Um, not the Sammy the Bull. The other guy. I'm having a senior moment. The other guy that they were interviewing. He, he's an outright genius to think about how he scammed money out of the gas stations. Yeah, that was a pretty clever scheme. Yeah, so they're not—they're not stupid. I don't know if he's uh, still. No, no, no. Uh, Michael Francisi is very bright. Uh, he's the son of uh, Sonny Francisi, who was a stone cold killer from the Colombo crime family. Killed more than fifty people. Uh, him, I knew Sonny. He would say to me, "Hey." I'm a Colombo guy. I don't want to clip you. That's the Gambinos who hate you. Well, thank, thank you, thank you, Sonny, huh, for not clipping me. Hey, this love affair that Frank Morano has with the Gotti's, i mean, it's in a belief. You know, in that recent show, The Last Gangster, uh, that starred uh, Sammy the Bull Gravano eating the Parmesan cheese, the rat that he is, um, John Gotti Jr. and some others, and myself, clearly. Clearly, you know that Frank Morano was cheering on John Gotti Jr. You know that. Let's go to Russ, who's calling from White Plains. Your turn to be heard here at WABC, Russ. Hey, Curtis. I think you really won that race because you've got, you're now a public figure. You're a transcendentalist. You're on WOR. 
and you got a 30-year contract on WABC. You're almost like the longshoreman of talk radio now. You know, you'll be a... <laughs> but, but, Curtis, you know, I want to ask you, I voted for you. I have very long arms here from, from my planes. But I voted for you. I'm glad you didn't take that seat. You would have worked yourself to death. Let, let Adams take all the heat. But you got to admit, embellishment is an effective tool. It kind of takes one to know one. And, and this guy's just paddling against the, the, the waves. But I want to ask you uh, one thing, though. Putinesca, is that like Putan? Is that where Putan goes, Putinesca? <laughs> okay, well, Curtis, you're pulling the scabs off the, the Gotti family, you know. And it's hurting me. I mean, Hitler loved dogs and kids. Gotti, didn't he kill the guy who, who ran over his kid accidentally? What, what I want to ask you, though, is drill rapping. I thought it was like drills, the bands that they have, the marching bands that the HBCUs, but I guess not. Is a drill referred to them using a gun to drill their enemies in the head, or is it like, do they use an actual gun with a, a drill with a drill bit on them? And well, I no, they, those are three very good suggestions in terms of what drill means, the term drill rap. It actually means to fight or retaliate. So it means it's a rap designed to, like, I'm challenging you to fight or this is a rap in response to your rap and I'm going to retaliate. And the only way the score can be settled, if it's done physically, if I shoot you in the head or you get me first. It's like Mr. Click. Running into Mr. Click. Yeah. Yeah. And look, this has been a history of rap music. Uh, So we're going to have the uh, halftime show. Of the Super Bowl, Maestro, give me a little bit of this degenerate uh, Snoop Dogg and Dr. Dre. Uh, it's just a J thing. So here it is. You have Snoop Dogg, Dr. Dre, halftime of the Super Bowl, or what they call the Stupid Bowl. Uh, and this is a guy who did a drive-by shooting, a real drive-by shooting. Snoop Dogg, he did. Killed somebody. He's a stone-cold crip in a park. And when it went to trial, everybody had uh, amnesia. They couldn't remember it was Snoop Dogg. You know, it was jury nullification. So, I mean, rap music for a long time has talked about committing violent acts, shooting, retaliation shooting, drive-by shootings. So now all of a sudden Eric Adams thinks he's going to be able to convince social networking tech firms in Silicon Valley to ban drill rap. This is America. That ain't going to happen. Savvy, savvy, Kobe, Kabish, Russ. Kabish. Hey, you're not supposed to say Super Bowl, right? You have to pay a fine every time you say Super Bowl. I call it Stupid Bowl. Oh, good work, good work. All right, Mr. Click's running at me. I'll see you later. Bye. Thank you. Thank you, Russ. See, you just learned what drill, drill rap is. It's to retaliate. To fight. And Eric Adams wants it banned from social networking sites. Like, how constitutionally are you going to be able to do that? But you see, he throws it out there for public consumption because he really doesn't know what drill rap is. He doesn't know of the history, even though part of it started right in his home borough of Brooklyn in Canarsie with the number one drill rapper of all time, Pop Smoke, the Crip, in 2019. Who got executed out in Los Angeles, huh?
You remember, like Biggie Smalls got executed in Los Angeles when it was West Coast versus East Coast with Puff Daddy Combs when all of a sudden Tupac got whacked as a result of Biggie Smalls getting whacked? This is nothing new. Eric Adams is like, I can't I can't believe he sold himself as the street-wise guy and he knows nothing about nothing. No one knows New York better. The founder of the Guardian Angels, Curtis Lewa. And you can't compete against that. On 77 WABC. Oh, degenerate hip-hop monsters. Dr. Dre with his headphones that have made him a billion dollars. And his homie, Snoop Dogg, in Long Beach, they're doing the hydraulics in an Impala, Chevy Impala there, talking crip. They're cripping along. They're crips. Hardcore gangbangers. How the hell Eric Adams says he knows knows nothing about drill rap, but he wants to ban drill rap, and he's not going to ban stuff like this. This makes no, no sense. He knows nothing about nothing when it comes to rap music or street thugs and thugettes. And how they're entwined with rap music and drill rap. Let's go to Fred and Yonkers. Your turn to be heard here at WABC, Fred. Yes, hello, Fred. Fred going once. Fred going twice. Fred goes. Yes, Fred. Thanks for curing up that thing about drill rap. We yeah. used to call it a drill rap when we finished up a sheet rock job. Huh. Huh. You came in a little broken up. I didn't quite get all of that, Fred. I'll try it again, my friend. Sure. What's on mine other than the state of my health? Mm. I'm glad we call it a drill rap when my crew finished up a sheetrock job. Mm. Huh. <laughs> anyway, let's go to the phones. It's uh, Jeff who's calling from Jersey City. Your turn to be heard here at uh, WABC, Jeff. Welcome home, Curtis. Uh, you know, I'm sure you were tempted to stay there in paradise. And, uh, you know, I, I just don't I think you can't escape, uh, you know, your duty, uh, how you see it, you know. And we're, we're lucky that 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 uh, that that's in your heart and your soul. Uh, you know, you come back to look after the city and nobody could do it like you can. Um, and I, I want to address one, one, one issue from last night's program. There was um, uh, Frank Morano said that uh, Anthony Weiner was going to be doing a show with you today. And and that's fine uh, by me, Curtis. Uh, him and uh, Sid were bad-mouthing Weiner. And I thought, I voted for, for Weiner way back when. He ran against Fernando Ferrer. You remember that time, uh, yes. Curtis? I yes. yes. And you know what? The way he... I, I met him on the street, you know, like I did. I, I, you know, I was in, in the city. Uh, I, I met everybody, you know, everybody looking for a vote. And he described himself as a, a mainstream kind of Ed Koch uh, philosophy. He was not a radical, crazy leftist uh, wiener. And he was bright, you know. Um, and he, he, he had, the, as you know, he had the victory sewn up against de Blasio until that 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 um, that sexting thing came down on him, and and that was it, you know. So he has something, whatever compulsion it is. I think as long as he's in rehab and getting that taken care of, um, you know, I think he's a good man. 
and he's smart, and you could probably do a good program with him, Curtis, you know? Well, we will, uh, we will see. It begins today, Saturday, 2 to 4, and probably every Saturday thereafter. Uh, ever since he went away to jail, did his uh, federal time, and then uh, in his halfway house, the halfway house he was in before he got back into the swing of things, uh, uh, halfway house in the Bronx. So he hasn't been in trouble since. Uh, our owner-operator, John Katsimatidis, is sort of like Al Davis was, owner and operator of the Oakland Raiders, originally from Brooklyn, uh, Erasmus High School. He believed in giving people a second chance, and the Oakland Raiders uh, just were a, a superstar team uh, because they took everybody's outcasts, everybody's outliers. Uh, so if you had a drug problem, a domestic issue, a uh, DUI issue, it didn't matter what the issue was. Al Davis would give you a second chance, and uh, the Oakland Raiders benefited uh, from that. In fact, gangs liked uh, the colors of the Oakland Raiders, the black and the silver, because they did see these people as having had problems before and being given an, uh, another opportunity. So that's uh, the way John uh, Kansamatidis uh, runs his station. He gave Bill O'Reilly a second opportunity. O'Reilly's done well since. He gave Sid an opportunity. Sid's been a hot mess from time to time. He gave Dominic Carter an opportunity. Uh, Dominic, who had had a problem uh, at one time. It's just the nature of his philosophy. And they felt that with Wiener coming on, it would be best to team him with me because right before he imploded, uh, at the very end, when uh, he ended up uh, doing something that caused him to be charged with a federal crime. He was on with me for two straight weeks in the morning as he was substituting for Ron Kuby, whose mommy was a commie. He was doing very well. They were thinking of giving him his own show at that point, and then his whole world imploded. Yes, uh, that, 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 that that's right. Uh, so as long as he's in, um, you know, taking care of his mental health, and you know what? You know what I found interesting, uh, Curtis, about when he when he had the issues, um, they 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 came. The, the media came to other uh, like uh, Andrew Cuomo, Barack Obama, and nobody gave him a break. They all said, "Lock him up, you know, put him away. He's no good. He's a bum." You know, nobody nobody, nobody supported him. That I, I remember. They all turned they they turned on him so quick because you know why they were afraid of his political skill. He has extraordinary political skill. Would you agree with that, Curtis? There's no doubt. Uh, he um, uh, would have beaten Michael Bloomberg, who uh, bribed his way for a third run, Mr. Term Limits, uh, except when it came to him. So he bribed city council by convincing them they could have an additional four years, too, all of them. Uh, and uh, at that point, uh, Anthony Weiner was ahead in the polls against Bloomberg, who uh, had millions to throw into the race. Uh, Bloomberg would have lost that race because eventually when uh, Anthony Weiner said he wouldn't run against Bloomberg, it was Billy Thompson who ran against him. Billy had no money. Uh, Billy was being slimed by uh, Team uh, Bloomberg. And halfway through election night, Billy Thompson was ahead. He almost beat uh, Michael Bloomberg, who spent more than $100 million on that race. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's, uh, I mean, money, of course, uh, is, is, you know, that's the, the guarantor uh, in, in, in many instances, uh, and certainly was for, for Bloomberg. But um, so anyway, I look forward to, and, and again, for your boss, 
You know, I mean, a guy like um, like John comes around. I mean, like like you said, you command him to Al Davis. You know, um, that people uh, who are capable and have talent. Uh, you know, they could go off track, but redemption is, is a part of our human condition also, you know? Well, you got um, uh, many of the people you're listening to here at WABC would never have been back on the radio if not for John Katsimatidis. I can certainly say that about Bill O'Reilly, can say that about Sid Rosenberg, can say that about Dominic Carter. Uh, and now, uh, in this case, uh, giving uh, Anthony Weiner a shot. From 2 to 4 every Saturday, uh, while he debates me on the issues of the day, he from a left-wing perspective and Anthony Weiner from a right-wing perspective. Anyway, let's go to Todd, who's calling from New Jersey. Your turn to be heard here at WABC, Todd. My man, Curtis. Hey, um, Morano's friends and haters, I put our picture up there in support of you running for mayor. I met you uh, at a 4th of July parade in Staten Island once we took a picture. But uh, could you cue up my favorite rap song? Uh, which one is that, Todd? That's uh, Grandmaster Flash's White Lines. Uh, Grandmaster Flash, The Furious Five, and what I consider to be the greatest rap song of all time, The Message? The White Lines. Oh, that one we don't have in our library. We're limited because, as you can imagine, these are mostly Caucasoids here. Uh, they really don't have much rap selection. But that that's something I'll try to get. I'll try to get that for you. Okay. So I am disappointed in John Casamitini's letting the wiener on, and I'll tell you why. You know, you just said that he's getting a second chance. Well, his first chance was with Cynthia Leathers. And then his second chance was with the 15-year-old. Now he's actually getting a third chance. And honestly, my feeling is he should be shunned from society for being a pedophile. That's just my personal opinion. Oh, no, no. Understood. Understood. And obviously uh, he's done a lot of bad things. There's no doubt about it. Uh, uh, But, um, you know, in the spirit of redemption, which it seems uh, many, many people are going through now, doesn't matter what their political perspective, uh, he is a good talk show host. He has been a talk show listener. Uh, He will uh, either crash uh, or he will do well based on uh, his ability and his ability to withstand what is going to be a tremendous amount of blowback for the very reason that you mentioned, Todd. I do agree that he is smart, and I do agree that he has good political skills. And if he if he didn't mess up the way he did, he definitely would have made mayor. There's no doubt about it. Yeah, no, no. Uh, uh, between the both of us, uh, since we both run for mayor, uh, we probably collectively know more about this city from both uh, perspectives—a Democrat, Republican, Independent perspective than any two people in the city. So it'll be interesting to see how we do for the two hours um, and how he holds up to criticism, because we will be taking calls, and I'm sure not all of them are going to be uh, mellow yellow calls. In closing, I would like to say that I appreciate, applaud, and celebrate the 46 years tomorrow, your anniversary. Thank you. I do appreciate that. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you, Todd. Look, there's some people who are going to like uh, the fact that Anthony Weiner is doing a show with me on Saturdays, 2 to 4. He's the left uh, perspective. I'm the right. 
There are others who are not going to be happy. Uh, but it is the will of our owner-operator, John Katsimatidis, who is like Al Davis uh, was with the Oakland Raiders in professional football, uh, giving everybody a second chance. If I can, if you can uh, please find uh, the message uh, by Grandmaster Flash in Furious 5. This was a song that came out in 1982, right out of the Bronx, where rap was uh, birthed. This is not at a time in which uh, people are talking about doing drive-bys and retaliatory uh, shootings. Uh, but it sort of set the tone for the way it was in the Bronx and in the city of New York in the 80s. Uh, Sunday, February 13th, will be the 43rd anniversary of the Guardian Angels. We'll be celebrating that at 12 noon before I have to come back and do my other left-right perspective show with Chris Hahn, the aggressive progressive, from 3 to 5. But we're going to have a retrospective on Sunday night talking about what was, what is now, and what the future of the Guardian Angels will be. Because we're in 13 countries in 130 cities. We've got close to 5,000 international members. We have a Guardian Angel Animal Protection Division that you'll hear my wife Nancy talk about uh, every Sunday night from uh, 12 to 1 before we pass off the 50,000 powerful watts of sound back to that mongolooch, that mamaluk Frank Morano, as he does his other side of midnight for the next five mornings from 1 to 5. Uh, he is now the uh, has gotten the highest rating ever in the overnight show of any who've ever done it here at WABC. But he's a glutton. He's claiming it's all him. How the hell could it be all Frank Morano when, in fact, I've got 11 hours. He's got 20 hours of the other side of midnight. And this outstanding number that he just got, which actually trumps Art Bell, that Looney Kazuni from Parts Unknown when he was here, or Alan B. Combs, who did overnight. Great job that he did. But without me and my 11 hours of the other side of midnight from Saturday to Sunday, do you really think Frank Morano would have scored the high number that he has? Of course not. Try time to humble yourself. Time to show some humility, Frank Morano, and give credit where credit is due to Curtis Sleewa. Not to lose my head. <laughs> it's like a jungle sometimes.